Let's choke to my water. <laughs> All right. Before we begin. It's garage sale water. There has been a lot going on in the world. Um, and there's a lot of voices out there that are more qualified to talk about it than us three. And there's a lot of places where you can find those. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about the protests and about Black Lives Matters on Twitch. I suggest if you want good um, commentary on that, you seek out those people who are better qualified to talk about it. I will say that the Freelancer Codex, um, I don't think that... I, I think people have stopped listening to each other in this world, and it's had a great effect on it. And I wish people would just listen to each other more and be willing to understand people instead of hearing without listening. And I think if we would just learn to listen to each other again, the world would be a much better place. So on that note, um, I hope everyone is safe. And I'm glad that we have video games that can bring us together and that can cross... um, you know, all the different types of people, it just kind of, it brings us together and it helps build communities where I think we've found the best communities that I've been a part of have been built around video games. And I know that's what it does for us and I hope it continues to do that for others. So um, thank you for being with us. And on that note, we'll start episode 125 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. You are listening to the Freelancer Codex podcast brought to you by the shut up and respawn network all right we are here to talk about some fun stuff but first i would like to say thank you for being with us this is june 4th 2020 we are in another month of 2020 which is scary because 2020 has been a heck of a year for everyone thank you everyone for hanging out with us in chat kfs thanks for hanging out with us um i'm here with mike and Devin, guys i hope that you are well um I'm always grateful for the opportunity that we get to talk once a week about video games and just kind of check in with everyone and see what everyone is up to. So, Mike, um, in the gaming world, what have you been up to this last past week? Uh, Past week, I have been playing Minecraft Dungeons. I beat the first stage um, on the, uh, the default setting and moved up to the adventurer status where you get to go through everything. You beat the first stage of the whole game. I'm... So it's the whole game, but okay. but as you, I thought you meant just the first I, level, and I was like, "What? You beat the first?" No, level? no, 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 no. So I went through, <laughs> beat beat the Ender Monster Dragon. What's his name? The Arch Illager. Whoa, whoa! I haven't got there yet. All right, some, some spoiler dragon. alert. Seriously, yeah, not the spoilers. All right. So no Ender Dragon. I misspoke. But the Arch Illager, I defeated him, and once you defeat him, there's a little cutscene, and you get to go and start over and do it all again at a higher yeah. difficulty. So. That's where I am now. That's where I'm doing now and playing again, just playing with the boys and and working on that and playing that, watching the boys play Minecraft and watching them do all the games that they get to do and have fun with. So, Very cool. Devin, what have you been up to? Because I know you've been playing a lot of uh, Minecraft Dungeons as well. Uh, yeah, I've been playing some. I haven't been playing as much as Mike, um, but I've been playing some in multiple locations. Uh, frustratingly with multiple different characters that, uh, you know, progress is not saved across each one. It's not shared, I should say. Which uh, is still the strangest thing. Right? No, it's still, it's still <laughs> super strange. I mean, is that even something that they've said that they're working on? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're working on it eventually. But, um, I mean, like we said last week, I think for PC, 
and Xbox, like when you buy that on the Windows Store, it should just sync with your account because you have to log into your Xbox Live account anyways. And I see no reason that that should not, you know, cross save. I agree. So. It's kind of ridiculous that they put it out with that having that there. So, is there anything yeah. else you've been playing? Have you been working on Days Gone at all? Uh, not Days Gone. I played. Uh, um, so I streamed yesterday, but that was with Minecraft, and it's it's. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to play it or not again, but I have a couple other games in mind that I'm going to since I'm starting to stream on Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the evenings. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've been playing Sea of Thieves and playing Trials. Uh, is there just nothing that's grabbing you that like is drawing you to say, "Hey, I have to finish this game"? No, not really. Not not for Days Gone. It's just like I could play it, and it's it seems like to me. I mean, maybe I could give it like another hour, but I'm guessing since the missions that they want me to go on is basically go kill these people because they're not part of our group and they're in our way. So I don't know if I want to play that or not. So. Very cool. Now, I've just been continuing to grind down um, Dark Souls 3. That's a game that I have... That Man, that game's hard. It doesn't really hold your hand at all. It's just kind of like, here you go. You're going to die a lot. Go figure it out. So I'm going to keep grinding that, streaming that in the morning. Man, some days, getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to stream is really, really tough. So, Devin, you and I did that for... I mean, we did that probably like from October of last year all the way to February up every morning than that like it was whatever i don't know it was a long time and it was it was actually a lot easier to get up when you and i were both streaming divinity original sin because that's still a game that i really want to go back to and finish before baldur's gate 3 comes out and i'm guessing that that thing's going to go into early access pretty soon considering that they were talking about that happening sometime in the middle of this year but with COVID and everything going on, who knows if they're if we're going to hit that so i'm going to continue to play dark souls 3 and grind through that and beat that game cool so, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, if you want to message the podcast to have a voicemail read or an email. So, in order to leave a message, if you go to anchor.fm slash freelancercodex, you can leave us a message. We'll play it on the show. We'll discuss the topic that you want or whatever questions you have. If you want to ask Devin why he's drinking out of a mason jar, you can do that there. Or you can email us at freelancercodex at gmail.com. And you can drop us a line there. And... First, we would lo- we really want to thank all of our patrons that have been supporting the show. So we want to thank Julius, Nathan B, Michael R, Trent B, Man in Steel, Scout sixty nine, Dragonheart seventy six, Jeffrey H, and Gameplay Experience. Um, this month, we I had just sent out the last of our challenge coins for our ten dollar patrons who have been supporting us at that level. Thank you very much. Um, expect those in the mail. So we got a lot of cool stuff happening over on our Patreon page. Something that we're updating and trying to figure out how we can make it better and how to add more value you um to you our users if you'll notice that there will be an ad at the beginning of this podcast it's another way that we're trying to monetize and help us uh, offset a couple of the costs that we have if you do if you do not want ads in your podcast feed you can go support us at the dollar level and um supporting us at any level at patreon.com slash freelancer codex will get rid of those ads so very cool. So this week, we had the opportunity on Monday to interview a Anthem community, the Lego Maniacs. And we have uh, several of them in chat right now hanging out with us. Um, KFS and I am Bango are from that community. We got to chat with them this Monday um, and record that interview. We will put that interview on the back end of the show. 
So all of our podcast listeners, you'll get that tomorrow morning when the podcast goes live. And then we will also add that to the YouTube um, episode when we post that. Devin will splice all, uh, that video feed in. So we had a really good chat with another community. Um, the Lego Maniacs will drop their Discord information and their links in the show notes so that everyone has access to those. Um, we had a good time talking to people, other people that were as passionate about Anthem as we are. And, you know, I hope that's something that continues into... You know, when 2.0 releases, however far down the road that is, that knowing that there's other communities that are just as excited, that enjoy, you know, continuing to make builds and continue to play through Anthem and all the stuff that Bioware has created for for us. It's nice to know that there are still communities playing those games. I mean, anytime we're online, we always get the whole, oh, people still play this game? Anthem's dead. You know, that that joke that everyone likes to play in because they think it's a funny joke. Um, but yeah, there are still people playing it and they're good communities of people that come together and found a space for themselves and continue to grind out that game. So um, thanks to the Lego maniacs for coming on and hanging out with us. Hopefully we'll be able to do that again in the future. And we'll just, you know, this is how you build communities. You support each other and you look out for each other. So uh, Bengal says hi to Devin. Um, hey. Yeah. So we really appreciate everyone hanging out with us. All right. Um, so moving on, we actually, I guess, if we don't have anything else, I think it's time to get to the news, right? Let's jump into the news, Devin. What's the news? All right. I gotta talk to you about something. Thanks, Keanu. Keanu's the best, right? Keanu. <laughs> yeah, that's new? that's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I, I was actually really bummed that, you know, the the one time I get invited to an Xbox conference and I'm like, no, I won't go because I'm hanging out with the with the Bioware guys. <laughs> then Keanu Reeves appears at the conference and I miss my chance to see Keanu Reeves do what he does and become an internet meme. You and got like, a better view in that where we were at than you would have if you were actually there. Do you think so? Do you think it would have been better if I was there in person? No, because you would have you wouldn't have been able to see him. He would have been like three, four hundred feet away. Think I would have been in the nosebleed. Yeah. Wow, that sucks. All right, Mike, you want to uh, kick us off? So, with Steve, our first bit I got of news? a question for you. Actually, I actually have a question for Devin. All right, Devin. How <laughs> no, many I should never ask you anything. Are out there in the world? In the world? Well, yeah. I should, let me let me let me let me let me rephrase. That was a terrible. That was a terrible question. How many different types of consoles are there? What? Not like don't don't tell me like how many worldwide Xboxes there are, but how many editions of each console? Oh, this uh, is actually included? a good. This is a good <laughs> sure, like, trivia yeah. question. I have no idea. There's only one NES. I don't think they released any other types of NES. Well, that depends on if you count yeah, yeah. like the Japanese well, version or the there's the Super NES. Well, the Super uh, I mean, the Super NES and the NES aren't the same thing though. That's a different console. Yeah. Okay, so how many? How many? How many? I don't. Lots. No, there's there's no, a finite number. There's a finite number. How many does yeah, how many did Nintendo uh, have? Nintendo had four, four NES, SNES, no. GameCube, the, sixty four, the sixty four. Then they had the Wii. Then they had the Wii U. Then they got the Switch. But then if you're talking, they've got Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Advance. Then all the different variation of those. The Game Boy SP. Coleco's. You got Commodores. You got Ataris. You got how many PlayStations and handhelds? There's uh, you know, got <laughs> this shouldn't be a hard question for PlayStation, Devin. You know, they got they number they number there, so there's five. Slim models. <laughs> you got Slims. You got the smaller ones. You know, different okay. architecture within. How many Segas? for Pro. They got uh, Sega. Then they got Sega the Genesis. CD, then the Sega, Saturn. 
Then the Dreamcast? Yeah, something. Genesis, Dreamcast. The what Game was their Gear? handheld called? The Game Gear. Neo Geo. Um... Neo Geo wasn't Sega. It's the Game Gear. So the Game the Gear. Do you guys have a Game Gear? Uh, no. You didn't have a Game Gear? I feel so sorry for you. This was the longest segue into this new story. (laughs) Steve, did you have a Game Gear? No, I didn't. It required 15 batteries. You know what? The two of you you are in luck because Sega is coming out with a... They're reintroducing, re-releasing their Game Gear, the 1990 handheld, as a mini retro console. For the company's 60th anniversary. So when you how say mini, cool is that? Can, can I mean, you tell me how many it is first before I decide how cool it is? So 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 it is about three inches long, three inches wide, I should say. You should have and experience about, then with the with the and about and about the... close to two inches tall. With a with a, are you ready? Are you I'm ready, ready for this? For with this. a one. 0.15 inch digital screen. I don't even have a ruler near like me. About like this. That's about to... like that. I believe it can fit in the palm of your six-year-old's hand. So you remember when you're playing it out here? Remember now when... you get to play it right here. Remember when Will Smith <laughs> took hold of the noisy cricket? I feel like I'm gonna break this damn thing. So those of you who magnifier before they even sell the system, they do. There is there is a magnifier coming out that's going to be sold because of course you need it. Um, yeah, it's coming out. It's going to be released in Japan in October. Um, it's kind of a neat thing. You can you can so you see that all going on with with all the companies doing a retro console. I picked up the uh, Super Nintendo retro retro console you know tiny little thing plug it and in one, play and that one is all cool. those games and that one comes with lots of games and if, it does if come you, with lots of if games if you have the know-how you can also put more games on it like my biggest like i i shouldn't even say biggest <laughs> when we were talking about this thing <laughs> so first of all earlier in the week there were rumors that there was going to be some big sega news right i don't know if this was the big sega news that was rumored because there were rumors. I thought you said Sega New, like like that was their product. There's going to be a big Sega News coming out. I'm like, what's a Sega New? I don't even know what that is. So the rumor was Microsoft was going to buy Sega and then rebrand the Series X in Japan as the new Sega console and then try to enter the market that way. But so with this, with this, with the Dreamcast Mini or Dream Game Gear, sorry, with the Game Gear Micro, there's four different versions, and each different version comes with four different games. So, so to get sixteen games, you got to get four different things at about forty six dollars each. So that math comes out to thirty seven hundred dollars to get these sixteen games. It's just not right. It's not worth it. I, I I don't know why they're like, hey, this was like I don't who's gonna who's gonna buy it and who's gonna play games on it. That's like I don't understand who the market is. That's why it's only being sold in Japan. It's not made for worldwide market. It's just, hey, look at this. It's cool. You know, people overhype stuff. You know, they might and, have and Aaron Greenberg hyping up their stuff beforehand. I don't know. But I mean, like, so, so here's my issue. Like, this is cool. And if it was here, would you buy one? Yes, we would probably buy one, right? Would I hate myself that I bought it because it only comes with four games? <laughs> yes, I would. Would I try to mod it to add more games? Definitely. Would I ever play a game on it? No, I would not. Because the screen is too dang small to do anything on it. 
So, I mean, well, cool and, then, them, I guess, and then where but... do you take it? Do you do you carry it with you? Well, yeah, you, you can carry it anywhere. You throw it in your well. You can wear it on your necklace. You got your phone. You got your keys. You've got stuff already in, in your pocket. pocket. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is, where, where are you going to put where are you going to put your your game gear? You know, you can you can stick it in your mouth, carry it around there. You can stick it behind <laughs> your ear. Weird. It's small enough. I mean, like like carrying it around isn't the issue. It's wanting to play on a one inch screen. That would be the issue because that be that's super tiny. You. I mean, and then I mean, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I guess it's like a novelty thing. Um, I, will they ever come here? I, I I don't know. Maybe they will. I'm I'm guessing that if there's enough demand, if, if enough angry people fill out petitions online, they will. But I don't know. Anyway, I I just thought it was a pretty cool. It's it's one of those things that oh that's cool, but I don't think it's like practical at all in any shape or form. Especially if they're like, hey, we made a mic, we made a uh, magnifying glass so you can actually see it. It's like, well, why wouldn't you just make it bigger? Like it doesn't even have to be that much bigger, right, Devin? Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. The buttons are going to be way too small. I'll just hit both of them with my thumb. So I don't know. So whatever. Maybe it's one of those things you can pretend you're a giant with. You can just hold it and be like, I'm a giant. That, and that's I'm playing this thing. I mean, we've done that with the Nintendo consoles for, since, you know. <laughs> I mean, their, their buttons are always super small in their stuff. But anyway. Devin, you want to hit us with this next piece of news that both of you, are, you and I are super excited about? Super excited. Awesome. Try to sound excited news. about it, though. Um, tell your face. You're tell, excited. Tell, tell your, your face, face that you're excited. <laughs> it was, I'm just super excited. <laughs> uh, no, so it was leaked last night, late last night. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, Re-Reckoning, uh, Remaster. It's coming out. THQ bought the, the IP about two years ago. And, uh, you know, they said right away they were going to work with it and... This is the fruit of their labor, their first stuff. They're, they're remastering the game. Uh, you get all of the DLC, you get the full game with some updated... Uh, how do they exactly word it? I think they I'm said it's just updated there. textures and some updated uh, mechanics, gameplay yeah, mechanics, so, yeah, I they believe. they have updated mechanics. That's what I was kind of looking for, their exact wording for that. So I'm interested to see what they have for that. Uh, but, I mean, it doesn't look... It looks way better than the original game, Um but yeah. it's not like super duper, you know, next gen impressive looking, because uh, it's not built for that. It wasn't. It wasn't made for that. And even on their <laughs> on their PC stuff, it has like runs on Windows eight. So as long as you have better than Windows eight, you're you're okay. Um, so, but I mean, I'm really excited. I really enjoyed this game, and uh, you know, it was the first kind of RPG game that really got me into RPGs. Before that, I was like, who plays RPGs? Only losers play RPGs. Because uh, I was all about first-person shooters, and that was it. That was and it. I was like, if I'm not shooting other people. Why am I playing this game? You know? So, um, but Steven, it's like, come on. Let's, let's grow Branch a out. bit. Take and, the blinders uh, off. Try something different. And I, I loved it, and I enjoyed it, and had a great time. And I was super upset when the studio closed and they made lots of bad financial decisions. All the bad financial decisions. <sighs> it's so bad. They were like $75 million in debt. Um, it was bad. And they got sued so, by Rhode Island. And I think they still owe Rhode Island money or something. Yeah, it no, was they like... They settled for $2.5 million with Rhode Island. And Kurt Schilling so, sold his sock, his bloody sock, and then he paid for it all. bloody sock to pay for it. Um, <laughs> Have my bloody like, sock. I mean, 
it was uh it's i'm excited i'm i'm hoping this leads to you know future games in the uh in the ip and like you can join their discord they have all kinds of stuff the devs or at least the community management team is super active over there and so is the community it's, it's got uh, a couple thousand people in it already and they're you know make sure you hit that mute conversations or change that real quick because it is just going all the time um but yeah no it's it's really excited they haven't announced the full release date yet um it's funny because they're like trying to be coy about it i'm guessing you know this news was supposed to come with one of the events that was going to happen today so something for ign or one of the other ones yeah where they were going to announce it and so uh there are images you can see on the pre-order pages and no video because i'm guessing they'll show that off next week when they resume the the game conference events and uh yeah i'm I'm excited so there's two different dates it's either august 11th or august 18th either way it's super close yeah it's super close you know two months away uh the interesting thing like they put up after it leaked and then they purposely put up um on amazon uh the links and stuff to buy it the collector's edition for you know sold out within less than an hour and uh so that's kind of crazy yeah, and the collector's edition comes with a big statue of one of the main uh, characters in the game and a couple other little art things. It's a really cool collector's Soundtrack, edition. You know, okay. um, what was I going to say? physical games, that would be what I would buy, but I don't buy physical games. Yeah, so. and then it's just another statue. I mean, it's a cool statue, but the, the nice thing about Kingdoms of Amalur is it was a fun game back then. Mm-hmm. The art direction that they took, it was a stylized art direction, so yeah. it's not going to age poorly like a Bethesda game would from back then because yeah. it's not going for like you know you know some sort of photorealism i know the bethesda games don't do that but they're a little bit more on the realistic side and on the brown side so they look muddy and washed when you try to port them over but hey i mean skyrim's a thing people love that game whatever but kingdoms is actually you know i'm really excited to pick this up again i think it's only going to be 40 dollars according to the amazon listing price i don't know if yep. it's going to come to game pass um i mean it might maybe who knows it'd be cool if it did but hey, I'm willing to pay um, for this game because one of the big things that got me excited about playing Kingdoms of Amalur back in the day, before my little brother pawned my only copy of it, um, <laughs> was that um, it was written or um, Rob Salvatore, um, R.A. Salvatore, the uh, creator of Justo Urden and the, I, the shoot the Icewind Dale trilogy, he helped write it. And then Todd McFarlane of Spawn fame um, was also part of the art team. Um, part of the art team. So, so yeah, that's what got me excited um, for it in the first place. So, yeah, super excited about this. And then I don't know if you guys heard about this or not at all. This was a rumor. I mean, this is a rumor. Take it with a grain of salt, whatever it is. But I thought it was kind of interesting because someone on Reddit that does localization um from a different country this this is a reddit user that you can find on there i don't know if it's been removed or not but um this was a reddit user on the harry potter game um subreddit it says this is the quote from the redditor i'm doing voiceovers for commercials and for a group dubbing game trailers one of the distributors who are partnered with warner brothers wrote to me regarding something completely else something completely else but they mentioned that they were in negotiations with Warner to have a certain language localization, at least in subtitles, for the upcoming Harry Potter game next year. Next year's is, is in caps. I can only guess this is that leaked alpha footage game. We saw the leaked Harry Potter footage. It must have been 2018 E3? No. 
2017? Was it last yeah, year? It was last year when the leaked online. It never showed at E3 or anywhere, but it was from there. Like they were showing it off behind closed doors. But I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely on board for, you know, Harry and, Potter RPG. And they, and they continue to say, I, of course, won't mention the country, the distributor company, and the language they want to make a localization of. Take the news as a rumor, but don't be, be surprised if it becomes true. All right. So we know that they were working on something. We know that, I mean, it should be pretty close to coming out. We don't know, like you said, Devin, I don't know if it's next year or what, but question for you guys. If, Devin, you say you're on board, like what type of Harry Potter game are you on board for? Just a single player RPG? Do you want to play as one of the trio or a completely different person? Your I own like person? I my own character. I don't want to play as one of the trio. I want to create my own, you know, wizard, basically my own character and really just experience that world and go through. I would really like an RPG. And maybe if you had, you know, where you could do three or four players co-op together, you know, having a group and going and doing things. Uh, I mean, you can see in the movies and the groups are always, you know, three or four going out and doing things. And it would definitely make things really interesting. And you can go um, just experience a, a co-op RPG together, you know, action RPG set within the Harry Potter universe. It can mean it could even be before or after. Um, you know I mean I'm definitely interested. So Mike as a as a Harry Potter fan yourself, does a game interest you at all? Uh yes, and I and I agree with, with what Devin says. I'd like to be my own character, have my own sorting ceremony, learn my own spells. And I and I think I would like it more, I think if I were to play um, maybe in the first war when, when Voldemort rises and, and play in that, in that time frame versus with Harry, Ron and Hermione. Yeah. I think we spent enough time with them and Harry is just as uh, annoying as he was before. I don't know what you're talking about. We can spend many more movies with them. All right. Are you sure? Are you, are you sure that's I'm what sure. you want? I don't know if I'm that's sure. what you want. All right, Devin, you know, with the three of us would go to that, that movie, the opening night, and I don't know if there's movie, movie theaters Disney. anymore, Devin. Like I mean, maybe it would be movie theaters are opening Friday. So. <laughs> They're opening this Friday. Yep, this Friday here in town. Huh. So I I don't I don't know. I guess I have to see what kind of game it is. If it's like a single player with co-op, fine. If it's like some if it's supposed to be like Harry Potter live service game, I'm uninterested. I do not want to grind for materials to make potions i don't want to have to spend money for a different robe like if it's a single single player narrative like cool go for it we'll spend some time in there um and then we'll go from there but yeah this is just a rumor so i'm excited to see what it's what's coming to this all right so this is something that i know devin is gonna love um because anytime we talk about sony stuff devin gets really excited all right so this comes from polygon so there was a release from i think it was Jim Ryan heads was talking about this, but the news article says after July, all new PS4 games must run on the PS5, according to Sony. And this will be important as we talk about a couple things coming down the line. So the PlayStation 5 release is visible on the horizon, but for the next few months, the PlayStation 4 will remain Sony's flagship console, according to a report from Eurogamer. So Sony has already informed developers that any PlayStation 4 game submitted after July 13th will also have to be compatible with the PlayStation 5. So July 13th is significant because of Ghost of Tsushima, right? Yeah, so, so it's after that. 
So this month, we are getting The Last of Us, and then next month we get Ghosts, which are the last two big first-party titles coming out for the PlayStation. So to me, and just because we love to read into things like way too deeply and to like go after the conspiracy theory, I don't think Ghosts or Last of Us are going to be playable on the PlayStation 5. Well, I mean, that, Jim Ryan already said The Last of Us 2 runs smoothly on the PlayStation 5, so I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work. I mean, they don't have a great back compat team um, compared to Microsoft, but, you know, I mean, it's interesting because for most people, you know, like the Xbox, there's not like something you have to really focus on as a developer to make your game run on it because they have the software layer already that just with everything with the back compat, so you can put in the disc won't need an update it'll just work and run uh versus kind of their whole thing is you have to make it so that it works on the playstation 5 if you want to get you know the 100 plus million people that are on the playstation 4 you have to make it for the playstation 5 also which i understand and it's kind of you know the cross-gen uh you know time frame for the next year basically year and a half and uh i don't know it's it's funny because of their messaging you know earlier they last week it was you know, we're we're doing exclusives, and now this week it's like, well, you know, if you want to make stuff for the PlayStation 4, you also have to make it for the PlayStation 5. Yeah, I mean, and, we can jump into that quote, because that's the, that's the next thing we have um, yeah. right here. So Jim Ryan says, we have always said that we believe in generations. We believe that when you go to all the trouble of creating a next generation console, that it should include features and benefits that the previous generation does not include. And that, in our view, people should make games that can make the most of those features. We do believe in generations, and whether it's a DualSense controller, whether it's the 3D audio, whether it's the multiple ways that the SSD can be used, we are thinking that it's time to give the PlayStation community something new, something different that can really only be enjoyed on PS5. Let's see. Uh, My audio is going in and out. I don't know why. It switches things. We're trying a new streaming thing tonight, so. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah no, I think it's just funny that they would force, basically, they're, they're forcing cross-gen development, you know. And uh, I don't know, it's just funny online when you get to that. When I like to hang out in a lot of places where there's a lot of console warriors. <laughs> Why do you do that to yourself, though? Because it's fun for me to read, and it, I like to piss myself off. It's it's fun. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just one week they say it's the best decision ever, and then the next week they're like, oh, yeah, you also have to do cross-gen games now. Because, uh, I mean, nobody that's making, you know, big AAA games is not going to develop for the last generation of consoles. We saw it at the beginning of this generation. We saw it at the last generation before that. I mean, you're not just going to instantly drop, you know, 160 million consoles and be like, oh, we're only going to make it for next gen. Sure, there's some small studios that are doing that, um, but they're also getting paid from, you know, Sony or Microsoft and getting help to do that, to help cover their costs, you know, to recoup the cost of the development. So, I don't know, it's interesting. I mean, they definitely have different strategies going forward. Uh, Microsoft is doing the cross-gen type of, you know, you're going to play it on all the different devices and those kind of things. But versus Sony's, I don't know what they're going to do with their first party 
Yeah. I, I mean, it just seems crazy to me that they're only going to make exclusives for the PlayStation 5. I know they want people to switch, but when you have 110 plus million people on your last gen console, you're, you're not going to make your new game for them. And when they're only going to have limited supply for the PlayStation 5, uh, right? that would just kind of piss me off. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's also weird that, like, okay, so you have to come out and tell us that you're going to do new stuff and you want people to do new stuff with your console. That seems like a no-brainer. Like, yeah, we know that you're going to do I think this is just, like, this is some, like, weird spin that, hey, guys, look at us. We're going to do stuff new. Because earlier in the week, Mac Bo- Matt Booty um, of Xbox says, as our content comes out over the next year, two years, all of our games, sort of like PC, We'll play up and down that family of devices, says Matt Booty, head of Microsoft internal development teams at Xbox Game Studios. In an interview with MVC, we want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel that they made a good investment and that we're committed to them with content. So, like, it, the two quotes make it seem like they're vastly different ideas for content coming out in the future right it makes it sound like xbox is like yeah if you buy this game you can play it here even though this is a better console and you know you don't have to like buy like even when halo infinite comes out the end of this year you're going to be able to play it on an xbox one is that correct evan yeah you'll be able to play on an xbox one you'll be able to play it on pc you'll be able to play it on the xbox series x the xbox one x um I just think it's funny because Sony's just like, oh, developers can't, you know, focus on the next gen. But it's like they've been doing that for forever. If they make a game for the PC, they have to, they have all this different, you know, hardware that they have to work with. Versus, you know, when they have multiple consoles, yes, it costs more money, um, but they know the exact specs, you know, specifications of what they're dealing with versus PC, where it's just a whole line like, all right, we got to hope it make it works with this. Hope it works with this. Let's find the lowest GPU you we can use to actually kind of run this game. Uh, versus, okay, here's our known bottom line: the launch Xbox One. You know, and uh, so I mean, I'm really interested in what they're going to do with with uh, Halo Infinite. But to, to kind of imagine or say that developers can't take advantage of next gen hardware because they're also bringing the game out on this gen is kind of crazy to me because I'm sure they're going to have more studios working on that version of the game. Maybe 343 is working on the Series X version and PC version. And maybe they have somebody else at like say Saber Studios or whatever that's working that do a lot of ports. Uh, they're working on the Xbox One version, you know, this generation version. I don't know. I mean, I mean, um, it's interesting because, like, in the PC world, like, if you play Control on a 2080 Ti and you turn the settings all the way up, the game is gorgeous. But that doesn't mean you can't play Control on, like, a 980, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't look as good. Like, all those settings are turned down. You're not going to get as high frame rates. I mean, is that just what we're talking about? That if I'm playing Infinity X, or Halo Infi- Infinite, Infinite on on, the, on a base Xbox One... I'm probably not going to be pushing 60 frames. I'm probably not going to have all the, you know, sliders turned up to where I have, you know, you know, tons of foliage or wind or particle effects in there. But, I mean, you'll still yeah. be able to play. So, I, I guess I don't I don't understand exactly, like, you know, well, their big they're, fight they're over. Well, talking, like, taking advantage of the solid-state drive and their CPU, GPU, and everything they're doing, 
you know, um, they're saying, oh, these features will change the way they design games. Uh, that's yes and no, but really the only way that that's going to change is if that's across the board. Like, they're, a developer's not going to make, invest 60 to $100 million and only focus on just that one platform, except for first party, right? So Sony's first party games will take full advantage of the SSD speeds, you know, their uh, the different frequencies and everything else going for the CPU, GPU. They'll, they'll max that out as best as they can. And they do a great job of that. Uh, all their first party studios do a lot of good stuff. Uh, but third parties, they're going to perform better you know, look better because it just, I mean, that's how it went this generation and that's how it's going to go next generation. The more powerful hardware, third parties focus on that. And for the most part, it runs better unless they do a really bad job like Capcom with Resident Evil. Um, you know, it, it's just, that's how it works. And and they're not going to leave behind all these people because um, that's where they make money. You have 160 million current gen consoles out there. Plus that doesn't even include the Switch. You know they're they're downgrading all kinds of crap on to make Switch versions of games, yeah. sacrificing everything just to get it to run on the Switch. And, and it's not that big of a deal. And people are buying it. You know, right? Because they love the uh, the ability to take it on the go. And it's not oh, this doesn't look as good. It's like no, they buy it so they can take it on the go. So yeah, I mean, good point. It's not even something that I considered. It's like you know, people. Every new game is getting ported to the Switch in some way or another, and yeah. so. I don't know. It, it, I I think it'll be nice when we can finally see games running on new hardware. Like yeah, sure. if that's next I'm week. Excited. Yeah. So let's do that. So Mike, what's our next story here? Um. So we have been talking a lot about Minecraft Dungeons. Devin and I have played. Steve has dabbled in it a little bit and has decided that he has reached his max, which is fine. Um, but it looks like that we will be getting our first DLC coming in July, which is pretty cool because if you, if you have played, you're probably near the end or have beaten the end. I think, um, so talking to Steve's oldest boy, he says that he's beaten it also and he got past him. So we get to talk about that. So we'll be looking for for uh, Minecraft Dungeons DLC Jungle Awakens is expected to release in July. So we're excited for that. Say that again. Do you have all the secret areas unlocked? Uh no, Do he I have all the secret areas unlocked? Yeah. I guess I don't. It's a secret. Shh. You're not supposed to know. Spoiler wondering. alert, Devin. What well, secret I mean, areas? Oh, I mean, I mean I have all the secret areas. You tell me what secret areas you have so I can make sure that you have, have you played the cow level? Totally. There's a, there's a cow there's level. No cow level. <laughs> it's a homage. Homage. <laughs> homage, not homage. <laughs> you said it's it right homage. the first time. It's a homemade page of cows. Um, nice. No, no, yeah, they have multiple secret levels. Like there's one that I've unlocked on my computer right here, but I haven't unlocked it on my computer on the inside or on the Xbox. Do you know how you unlocked it? No idea. There's secrets on on the levels. <laughs> there's, I'm sure there's websites that have how you can unlock them, um, but I haven't gone looking because I just want to play through it myself for the first go through. And right, I mean, ultimately, no, I it's, it's just uh, you keep replaying, and they, it's part of the levels are randomly generated, and you keep trying to push the higher levels until the new content comes out. And then I don't know. I mean, that's just what that's it is. cool. Just keep playing and 
Keep pushing harder. That's cool. It's a it's a it's a simple concept. It's a fun idea, and it's it's just a fun game to to play through. So I'm pretty excited for it. And the DLC is going to be fun. All about the jungle. We get to go to the jungle. Dun dun dun. Coming in July. So I was watching Devin stream last night because my wife was doing something else on the computer and Logan was watching with me. And Logan plays a lot of Minecraft. He knows everything about Minecraft, right? He just does. So anytime Devin was like, hey, look at this little squirrel coming at me. And Logan's like, I can't believe he doesn't know what the name of that thing is, Dad. Like, can I type to him? Can I tell him what the name is? It's like, it's okay. He doesn't play Minecraft like you do. It's okay if he doesn't know it. He's like, does he know he's going to die right there? If he, he just missed that guy. And I was like, Logan, you cannot watch any more twitch streams if this is how you're gonna act he was like he was going crazy Devin. like he's like can, can, why is he dying all the time um which well, was kind of funny i only died because steven goaded me into going to a higher level because i was playing <laughs> on the recommended level by the game and he's like it looks like you're not even trying and you know it wasn't that hard you know on the recommended level so i boosted up one level up and i almost got killed all the way through the next level and uh it's crazy so, I mean, how that game like spikes in difficulty that fast yeah, like it, and in different up. areas with different builds and stuff i think it's i think it, it knows us i think it's learning it must be so yeah. we also heard about another um leaked game that is going to happen here mike you read you read the last one so maybe we'll let Devin take this last story uh, you're talking about Star Wars Project Maverick? Uh, yeah. Also, I mean, it's fitting because you're like the biggest Top Gun fan that I know. <laughs> and uh, since I don't like Star Wars at all, Steven's going to throw my only piece of information to Devin. It's cool. Your only <laughs> piece of about? information? You talked Whatever. About you talked about no, it's fine. Stuff. Whatever. Just pour salt in that wound. What Just information you go, do you Devin? have? Did I miss you some talk information about it. that you have? You talk about it. Hey, Devin. Forget about you... the segue that I planned. Hey, Devin, can you let Mike talk about this? I think he really wants to talk you about know, Mike, Star Wars Maverick. Uh, I would be interested <laughs> to hear your take on Star Wars No, because you guys spoiled it already. Like, I had a cool intro. It was going to be fun. Dude. It was going to be very much like, like the Sega, but whatever. So you talk about it, Devin. I don't want to talk oh, about so it anymore. Not a good segue. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do Mike's segue for him. Hey, Devin. How many jets are there in the Air Force? How many jets are in the galaxy? Uh, do, do you know, know how many, many jets with two wings well, in that's the galaxy? An, that's an easy question. There's zero jets in the galaxy. Oh, thanks. Oh, snap. You don't know that. Yeah. No, you, I'm pretty sure I do. You in the galaxy? Yeah, this have you? Mass effect, right? You haven't? Oh, no. no. I like to stay here on Earth, okay? <laughs> I would like to leave Earth. Somebody talk about this story. No, we're, we're like we're waiting we for you to ask to, to answer. How many no, how many ships are in go the Go ahead. Galaxy? Go ahead. So this is Project Maverick. Project Maverick is coming out and it is going to be about Tom Cruise and the Goose Man. The Goose Man. In yeah, the Goose Man. And they're going to be fighting a guy named Iceman. So it's all about elemental powers. It's so Mega Man. The Goose Man we're playing Mega and the Man. Iceman. Oh, Mega Man is a cool game that they should do something with. I wonder why they haven't. I like they, that game. There's Focus like a million Mega Man Focus. games. <laughs> Mega Mans? Yeah. <laughs> All right. EA the might be to reveal its next Star Wars game in June, according to Bloomberg and former Kotaku reporter Jason Schreier. My favorite reporter, uh, <laughs> as you come to know, if you've been watching this show or listening to it. Uh so this is commented on a post published by EA Modern's new Twitter handle, 
While at Kotaku, Schreier broke the story that Game Studio EA Motive was working on a smaller, more unusual Star Wars project. Whatever that means. All about Ewoks, maybe. That's Ewoks, pretty... Sorry. I mean, they had a whole movie about Ewoks. So I don't know how unusual yeah, I mean, that is. They didn't go well, right? Um, but, they made four of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Codename Project Maverick. The existence of Project Maverick seemed to be confirmed back in March when a listing for the game was leaked on the PlayStation Network. These networks that leak stuff, I tell you, we're grateful. <laughs> we're grateful for your leaks. <laughs> yeah. uh, it says, looks like someone's getting ready to announce a new game, Shire wrote on Twitter above a message from Motive, announcing its new presence on the social media platform, which is always, you know, uh, a key, easy way to tell, hey, we're about to start talking about stuff, so something's going to happen. Pay attention. Uh, it says, we're here. The Motive family is excited to be joining on social media platforms to share on who we are and the work we do. Really, we couldn't imagine a better time to start connecting with everyone online. Let's go. Uh, the teaser image for Project Maverick that leaked in March features a squadron of X-Wings. Yeah, X-Wings zooming towards an Imperial Star Destroyer. This has led some to speculate that the new title is a spiritual successor to Rogue Squadron. Stephen you know, is wetting himself with excitement right now. <laughs> um, let's see here. Let's see, the solid players pilot rebel fighters uh, against the Imperial fleet. Many fans have been asking for a new Rogue Squadron title for many years. I enjoyed it on the Nintendo 64. I had the ramp pack, so I was good to go. Did you get um, the Naboo Starfighter? Uh, what? <laughs> there was the hidden, the hidden ship that you could fly in Rogue Squadron on the 64 was the Naboo Starfighter. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. You I, must I not have it. not a true gamer. No, obviously, you know, I'm not that big into Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, I just waited in line at our movie theaters to go watch them. Um, let's see here. So, the last installment came out in 2003, and series developer Factor Five closed its doors in 2009. We were always hoping for another Rogue Squadron until they, you know, Nintendo shut them down. But it is what it is. Uh, Rebel Galaxy developer Double Damage famously pitched a Star Wars space shooter in the spirit of old X-Wing and Rogue Squadron games, but EA turned it down. Like they do many other games that are good and worthy, <laughs> they turn them down or destroy them. Oh, wait, no, that's 2K. Uh, that's a topic for different place. <laughs> yeah, we, we decided not to talk about the 2K debacle, so. <sighs> but yeah, no, I mean, that's exciting. Mike, are you excited for possibility of a new Star Wars game? Uh, yeah, totally. I played Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron when it. I can't Skadron. even speak tonight, man. <laughs> What's the I played. I played Rogue Squadron when Steve would let me, which was never. You keep so saying I that. Actually, like I, I actually like I was didn't a play Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Is this the? Uh, what was the dude's name? Dash. Dash Rendar. No, that was Dash Rendar. Star is that Wars. him? No, that was that Star was Wars what? Dark Protocol or something. Add no, to... it's got, it had to have been Rogue Squadron. No, anyway, it wasn't Rogue no, Squadron. I'm excited for it. I like. I like. Um, I like Star Wars. That's an okay world for me. Um, I can be into it. I can fly around in an X-Wing and shoot stuff, or at least attempt to. So, Shadows of That'd the Empire was the name of the game with Dash Rendar. Hmm. I just cool. Just inform me. I mean, we brought it up, so I know. Yeah, I, I understand. Good story, knowledge. man. I don't have much on this. I did not. I did not play Rogue Squad. Rogue Squadron. Oh, I sound I'll, like Sean Connery. Do that again. Nope. One show a day. 
Um, I'm excited. Sure. Why not? Let's play games. I like I, it. I, I played have a, Knights of the Old Republic. You're no, such a liar. I didn't. I, didn't. I got I started. Hey, there. Did you finish the most recent Star Wars game? I thought that was Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> there are a million Star Wars fans right now that just like had a tingle Cursing up their you, back. Creating voodoo dolls and stabbing you. Yeah, and they're like, we, we need to attack someone that spoke ill about Star Wars. Because, you know, that's how Star Wars fans do, all right? Like... I know. So, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have stuff to say about Maverick. I don't know what it is, but there's a lot of ships in the galaxy. So, Project Maverick is like a no-brainer after Battlefront Two. So, the campaign for Battlefront Two, um, in my humble opinion, was not very good. It was supposed to be, hey, let's fight from the Imperial side. But, like, by spoiler alert, I don't know if there's any, like... I know people hate spoilers, but this is, like... This it's okay. It's been out for a while. It, right. It's been out for a while. But all of a sudden, our evil Imperial, like, turns good, like, by level two. So it's like, oh, the novelty of actually being a bad guy in this universe is just completely gone. Anyway, so that's neither here nor there. But the the space combat in Battlefront 2 was amazing. Like, the ships looked amazing. It's really easy to make awesome-looking space battle because there's not a lot of assets that you have to build for. You do not have to build, like, in a first-person shooter where you have the ground, you have objects, you have all that stuff. It's just open space flying around, and you throw in some asteroids, and you call it good, right? So it looked amazing. It felt amazing, and it played amazing. All, you know, the starship combat in that game was great. It was, like, perfect for all they would have to do is, like, make some sort of DLC and make a Rogue Squadron um, DLC for that game. And it would have been perfect. It would have been awesome. It looks gorgeous. Um, I don't know why they never did. Probably because of all the backlash that the game got when it first came out and the amount of years it took for them to finally bring it back around to where that everyone was okay with how Battlefront 2 was coming on. But having something set in the Rogue Squadron universe right now is probably going to feel like a breath of fresh air compared to all the Star Wars news we've been having since Rise of Skywalker. I think after that, everyone is just kind of done. Everyone is done talking about it. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, um, Star Wars Rebels... Not Rebels, but the Clone Wars came out. That was really good by all accounts. Like, the ending of that era was really good. So I think if, you know, fans of that era, like, are fine. But this would be kind of like bringing back, like, hey, um, Jedi Fallen Order was really good. Well, I mean, it, it got really good reviews. I'm not a huge fan of the game. I thought it did things, um, it could have done things a lot better story-wise. I thought it was pretty, it was pretty straightforward, pretty milk toast. Um, but Rogue Squadron, like, the lineage of the books of Wedge Antilles and his squadron is vast. It's amazing. I mean, they threw all that stuff out, so I don't know how much of that that they're going to have in here. But if Wedge Antilles is not in the game, then I guess I'll still play the game anyway because I love <laughs> flying around X-Wings. But I'm excited for this game. If it gives us the feeling of flying around in a bunch of X-Wings, shooting down TIE Fighters, I don't know how you mess that up. Like, I'm sure someone can. But I don't know how you can mess that up. That's all I have to say about that. End scene. I have um, I've bored Mike and Devin to speechlessness, so I'll just move on to the next one. Um, so we got news today that Dragon Age Inquisition and I think Dragon Age 2 are available on Steam now. That is important for... Nine games, right? Yeah, there's nine games, but Need for Speed's one, so... Who cares? I shouldn't say that. I there enjoy are, Need there for are Speed some games. really good Need for Speed games. Devin and I play Need for Speed Hot Pursuit on the 360 a lot. That game was a ton of fun. It had the so right balance. Cheater? 
I did not cheat. I did that legitimately. You're a cheater. Don't it had lie. the right balance of um, of simulation versus arcade racing, and it was it a lot of fun. To, it was a lot of fun to play that game. Right. Um, I haven't really played any needs Need for Speed after that because that's when they were like, "Hey, let's make it a story," and you get out of the car, and now um aaron paul is in the movie oh and they made the movie that everyone wanted to forget about so if you want to play dragon age on steam (laughs) you can do that um and then you can wait for dragon age 4 in 2023 or something so i think that's all the news that we have on this week and i think that's fine because we do have a very long interview uh for the lego maniacs that we will be playing after we do our stupid little game of what's in the box are you guys ready for what's in the box Devin, that's a, like I need a confirmation. Uh, yeah, let me uh, get this picture here. You can do it. I always because, forget about this. I mean, it's because like the first time you look at these are like the day that we sit down to record. Well, I mean, I looked at it yesterday, right? <laughs> no, that's fine. So let's see. So we do a stupid game called What's in the Box, where we have Michael look at the front cover of some box art from a bunch of different video games, and Michael gets to decide what type of game it's supposed to be. And depending on his guess, then we either laugh at him or make fun of him, or impress that he actually pays way more attention than we think he does when we record these shows. So you might have to get rid of the... Oh, there you go. Put it in front of the uh, that overlay, Devin. Corner? No, just put it in front of the overlay. I, it's not. I didn't put it in the streaming stuff. Right? I just have the image open. <clears throat> I didn't put it in into the stream. That okay, that looks good. All right. So, Michael, please describe for all of our audio listeners what you're looking at. So we are looking at the cover of the Nintendo DS game Fossil Fighters, and on the front cover we see two um, junior archaeologists digging in the ground. And behind them, we see an ominous, thunderous, Tyrannosaurus fire rex with teeth bared and eyes yellow with fury as our junior archaeologists have disturbed his final resting ground. For they have uncovered his bones. And because they did not do it properly, the dragon, the dinosaur has come to life and is now seeking to devour them. Armed only with their courage and their will to survive, our junior archaeologists must fight to the death the animal, which really is already dead for millions of years, actually. So um, so they have to attack and defend themselves in order to find the fossils, collect the bones, and battle with dinosaurs. All right, so what kind of game is it? This is a... Um, uh, this is a top down, um, first, not first person, a top down, dig them up, fight them, um, game. <laughs> is that a new genre that we created? <laughs> a dig them up game? Devin, have you ever played any other dig them up games that you're aware of? I believe Digimon was the first dig them up game. Digimon, Digigum, Digimon. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. You're going to get all kinds of emails from all the Digimon fans that are like, oh, technically, Michael, you don't dig up uh, Digimon. They're uh, digital monsters. <laughs> That's just what's going to happen, I'm afraid. No, I understand. I understand. 
So this is definitely like a digging duel. Hey, I didn't see the back of the box. You're not supposed to oh, see the back yeah. of the box because that gives everything away. I know we were. We know you were talking. That was close. So this is like, okay, I see how it is. This is like a turn-based um, game. So this is this this is an interesting game because it's very Pokemon-like, where you collect fossils, and as you collect fossils, you get different type of dinosaurs that you can choose to fight with. Um, the animation style is weird because it's kind of set up on a grid with two D dinosaurs that face off but when you select the attacks in 2d mode it will do a 3d animation and then it'll go back to 2d mode so there's a lot of back and forth with this game like what's going on so it's it's very it's very very different it's almost pokemon-esque so as i was doing research because you know the pokemon um company makes uh or game freak makes pokemon and they're owned by nintendo but um Nintendo actually published this game, which I thought was weird because this isn't a game that I had ever even heard of. I didn't know anything about Fossil Fighters, um, but there's a large following on the internet for people that want Fossil Fighters back. But just to, like, to give a brief overview of what it is, on the back of the box it says, Dig and Duel, welcome to Vivosaur Island, where dinosaurs revived from ancient fossils fight in thrilling battles. In your adventures as a fossil fighter, you'll delve into ancient ruins, explore sunken pirate ships, and uncover secrets that will shake the planet to its core. You know, I, I think it's interesting that the first thing that we decide to do once we're able to, like, revive dinosaurs is make them fight each other to the death again. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like a... I mean, maybe we should do something different with, with the technology that we have. But it says, using DS Wireless Play, take on a friend within range of your system for head-to-head battles or trade your extra fossils for new ones. Collect over 100 different Vivosaurs and pit them against the enemy in strategic turn-based battles. So I think this is just trying to catch another pie or figure out something different to do with Pokemon. Because Pokemon has been dominant for so long that it's kind of ridiculous that no one has come back or come up with a different way to do Pokemon that is appealing to the masses i know temtem came out earlier on pc but that didn't really have the you know the same staying power as we thought it would that came and that came and that went very fast like i don't know if anyone's ever going to be able to top what pokemon has done i think pokemon themselves could outdo themselves because they seem to be stuck in the same kind of way of thinking over and over again they really haven't pushed that next way that next evolution of what a pokemon really can be which i think a lot of us actually want it to be instead of taking it from that little cutesy this is what it is to you know something a little bit more serious a little bit more in depth because the thing about pokemon there are some really deep systems but it's like one of those things where you kind of just have to know like okay, this is how I access this deep system. Whether you're looking for shinies or you're, you know, trying to max out the HM or whatever they they call it in that game. So I don't. know. I just think that this was this was an attempt to capture that, and it it came and it went. It had its fans, and there you go. That's Fossil Fighters. Where you know what? Every every day on what's in the box, we're gonna make have Mike make fun of a a box a box cover, and we're just gonna kind of dive into what that game was and what its lineage was. Devin, is this a game that you even never heard of or thought about playing? Uh, no. <laughs> never heard of it. Um, I was watching the gameplay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not big into Pokemon, so I don't know. I mean, I played the card game a lot when I was in school. I uh, went to tournaments, that kind of stuff. And had you went to Pokemon tournaments? 
Yeah, man. Were you any good? It's uh, subjective. Fair <laughs> enough. Like, what was your what was your best Pokemon? Uh, what would you what was your deck? What would you bust out when you went to a Pokemon tournament? Uh, that's uh, you know over twenty years ago. So many oh, many moons ago. He doesn't know. So so with games like this, things that are being played on the 3ds i never owned one i think actually that's not true i had one but steve always took it from me and played it i don't know where... that's just what he did um i'm just kidding with the I 3ds mean, you're the most athletic can't you beat steven up come on yeah he he had the mom card um so mom card yeah so so with the 3ds um because what what did the 3ds boast two screens which hadn't been done on a handheld before. So, th- so this was the DS. This was on the DS. Which was oh, that's what I mean. The screen. DS. The yeah. dual screen, right? Not the yep. 3DS. So just the regular DS. Yep. So this was the first time a handheld had two screens. Yes? Yep. So, so and well, it's really tough. I think I think it's really tough let, for, let's say yes. for games like this on like a new technology console. Because I kind of have the same issues with like the Wii or the Kinect. Or what was what was PlayStation's version? Um um, of the Wii PlayStation I Ocean I, was it something like that? No, I don't know what you're talking about. No, okay. Well, so the, 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 the wands with colored balls yeah. in the end. Oh, that's the yeah. VR. What? This PlayStation VR. No, no they, they no. adapted those to be used with the VR system. Yeah, this oh, one it right. was the it was like the Wiimote with the with the ball on top that Anyway, so I think the problem is I think the problems with with things like that when you when you put out a game that tries to fit like a I don't want to say gimmicky technology but a newish technology in that in that essence like all right guys we have two screens to work with now we have to make our game fit that if that makes any sense so I think it can be tough when you're coming out with stuff because then because then not only are you designing a game and building a game, it's well, what goes on the top screen, what goes on the bottom screen and, and how does that work in the interactiveness, you know, switching between 2d and then the 3d animations and stuff. I find it really hard. Like the Wii, the Wii was cool. You had motion, but, but how long could you actually stand there and, and play golf, right? How long can you actually stand there and go bowling? You know, it just seems and along with the connect, like the connect was fun, when you had your friends over or the kids over for a sleep space, you had enough space. So I think it's really challenging um, to find that, to find that really, okay, what type of game works best on the DS? Um, Cause I don't think that any game can work well on the DS. You can't do a side scroller um, on a DS. Cause what do you I, put on the top? I will this dis- is where Steve dropped some knowledge. I will disagree with you because RPG I think, stuff. I think the DS well, Yeah, is- but, but you can't do like, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, I think the oh, well, DS fine. is... Yeah I, th- yeah, I just did it. See? I just did it. I think the DS <laughs> is a fantastic system that had a lot of really good ideas. I think of games like World Ends With You that over, like, they really utilize the top screen and the bottom screen having gameplay on the top and the bottom at the same time. It was really hectic. Um, it was tough to master, but it was probably one of the best uses of that screen. Like all the all the Legend of Zelda's on the DS that that would be Phantom Hourglass and that would be Spirit Tracks. 
they made really good use of having the map open all the time and your inventory open all the time at the bottom. So you never really had to like push buttons and stop the action to get to your inventory. So those were great uses for that. Um, I I really enjoyed. So like, so I'm going to stop you there and say I mean that's so that was a great utility, but but that. I, I mean that's what that second screen was for. It wasn't for all the gameplay. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, like that was like, okay, we have this second screen. What do we put on it? Oh, let's put the map on there. You know, like. So for me, from two down to just the one on the switch, right? Well, and see, and and I think, and I think that that kind of that kind of tells that the two screens didn't work. I disagree. Like, because if it did, because if it did, wouldn't it still be motion controls or any of those things? And it worked for the time, and it was used as best as they could. And I thought it was great not having to go into my inventory to get things, you know, and or you could bring the map up like in a Zelda game or whatever else because it was always annoying, you know, having to go in. You know, I can't do it like Diablo or other games where you can just see the map all the time, you know, on your screen when you're playing. So, I mean, I, I, I wish I had four PC monitors right now. So I say, like, the more monitors, the better. Yeah. So and and basically it was like two monitors. I, I agree with you, but but I think because it's not there on the switch and handhelds beyond that, I mean, they abandoned it for some reason, right? Um, the, the DS is one of the best selling handhelds ever. I think it's probably That's the fine, best. Fine, and I'm handheld. okay with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it was so good, like. Like we all thought the DeLorean was awesome also, but we Who don't see those that? on the road anymore. Well, that's Everybody because they're made out of tinfoil. Everybody about? thought the DeLorean was awesome. Everybody wanted 6.68 gigawatts. I mean, the DS Lite is probably the best form factor Nintendo ever made in a handheld. Like that thing was so sleek and perfect. Um, yeah, I I really like the DS. So uh, everything you're saying is wrong and I hate it. And now I hate you. Oh. <laughs> and now you hate me. Yep. In fact, I didn't listen to anything you were saying there. <laughs> it happens. Have a conversation this way. Okay. Yeah, I so, understand. So, Michael, thank you for participating in what's in the box. I think these are fun conversations. And you know what? Like, I understand. Like, there are lots of games on the Switch that don't require a second screen to be awesome. So, I think it's very much an aesthetic, like a personal thing. Like, I really like the double screens. Like, just because you don't doesn't mean that you're a crazy... Well, maybe it means you're a crazy person. So, I really enjoyed the DS, and I wish they would make... What if, what if they come out with the DS Micro? And instead of having one... Instead of having one one in 1.15 inch screen, there's two 1.15 inch screens, and it folds like this. And then you could play it like this. Buy it day one. All right. Um, you, have to, everyone, you have to play it with toothpicks. We are now going to play the interview that we had with the Lego Maniacs. We got to talk to Bango, um, Knight, David, and Dat. Um, Dat is from Europe, so it was really late for him. Um, so we were, we were appreciative that we got to talk to him earlier in the day. So sit back, enjoy the interview. It's about an hour long. We get to talk about how their community got started, why their community continues to thrive, and what they have plans for in the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Lego Maniacs. I'd like to welcome everybody to a special interview with the Lego Maniacs. Um, 
The LEGO Maniacs is a group of high-level Anthem players that have been grinding Anthem since the very beginning and will continue to do so. With us on the line here, joining Mike and I, we have Knight the Shield. Knight, how are you doing today? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. Good. We have I am Bongo. Bango or Bongo? I, for some reason, I read it as Bongo. <laughs> you, whatever you feel right now, but if you put Bongo, it's fine, but it's, it's, it is Bango. Um, All right, we're here with I am Bango. We're here with uh, Bango. How are you doing today? Man, excellent. Uh, super excited. Uh, I love surprises, and uh, this is going to be exciting. This great. is going to be a surprise, that's for sure. We're here with David. David, um, you have a fancy hat. I'm jealous of your hat. <laughs> Thank you. It's and a, we it's, have it's a good one. Good. And we have Dat Reliable Guy joining joining us. And right now, Dat, you are. You're joining us at a weird time because you're across the pond, if 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 I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I just float around between the whole community, trying to bring the whole community together. Um, pretty much about it. It's an exciting time um, to be part of this podcast with everybody. Well, we, re- really, we really appreciate the four of you coming on. So one thing we want to do first... I need to get the story of Lego Maniacs. And I am Bango, you are going to give us a quick rundown. Then I want to hear everyone's story, how you came together. Because I think the great thing about video games is their ability to form communities, right? Um, There's a lot of things in the world that that divide us and want to keep us apart. But video games seem to always be able to bring us together and help us, you know, just form these friendships and these bonds that, you know, it's not possible um, otherwise. So, Bango, will you kind of give us a rundown of who you are, how you got started, because if I'm not mistaken, this is also the first video game that you have played. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And be, you know, with that being said, uh, uh, Steve, is uh, uh, because of this whole pandemic thing, I think it's gotten a lot of people more closer because since you can't go outside and you, co- you can't go out and have a drink and drive and possibly get a DUI, well, you're in Lego Maniacs and we do have a thing called Happy Hour. So being, yes, that is true. Uh, I think Lego Maniac has become something to me that I didn't expect it. And how everything started, I'm not gonna go ahead and bore you because I get, if it's, this is two hours, I'll give you two hours, but I'm gonna give you real quick. So yeah, Lego Maniac, how it came to me. So uh, I met amazing people on Lego Maniacs throughout this journey. It's kind of like, I call it like the town. And in the town, there's hitchhikers. They stay or they put the thumb up and they keep walking. So with us, they stay, we either train them, we got uh, Anthem, university we got dad we got david everybody here has their own personalities and their own abilities so yeah for me this is the first time i've ever played a game i was sitting in my tv my on my couch and i saw this anthem for uh what looked like mech warriors because i like that mech warrior look and next thing you know i'm at best buy and <laughs> i just got a computer check this out right so i go to best buy and i'm really stupid about it and I, in my world i'm a content creator i work with celebrities i do events and so forth I edit and so forth, and I create content for a lot of people. So, didn't know anything about gaming, so I did. I told my buddy, hey, you got to build me a nice computer. Boom, he came over here, built a computer. I saw COD. I go, what is this COD? He goes, Call of Duty. I go, oh, perfect. Downloaded it, played it. I kept dying. I said, this is boring, bro. So, I even tried to, I even tried to ch- change, my, change my avatar into a female. I figured if I got off the helicopter and they could shoot me, I mean, uh, they could see me as a female, maybe they could just say, hey, you know, because when, when you playing for the first time and, and you're playing a game you never played in your life uh i figured well maybe they'll respect me because you're playing worldwide if if i was a female nope i got off that helicopter died i saw well, anthem welcome to the internet on telev- <laughs> yeah I, I saw i saw anthem on television i go 
I got to get this game. Ran over to Best Buy, paid 70 bucks, whatever it was. I got the CD, which is a cover. And I'm old school. I'm like the oldest guy in here, but I'm, I'm like half a century old, right? So I open the CD, the, the DVD, and I go, man, what the hell is going on here? And I open up the, the paper out and everything, and there's no, there's no CD, uh, 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 CD, right, to install in my CD-ROM. I called Best Buy and told them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they go, well, hold on, Mr. Bango, there's a code there, you don't. So I, no, well, finally went through all that stuff, but I, I apologize, but I didn't, I didn't realize that now you can download games in my times. You put a CD-ROM in and boom, you're good to go, right? So at the end of the day, that's how everything started with, uh, with that. And then I, I installed Anthem, started playing, and I go, oh my God, this is awesome. So good, and you know, the whole effect and everything. And then boom, I started making friends, but talking through push to talk. And so I met this one guy, his name is Tickle Monster, and he got me into the game. So, and Tickle Monster says, hey, Bango, you know, uh, come, come with me if you want to live. And I said, okay. I had, so he invited me to Discord, I had no idea. I could do Adobe, but I can't do Discord. So I got lost in there. I go, yeah, I can't. So finally, <laughs> when he got me into Discord, I was in a community. And I'm not going to say their name, but uh, yeah, I started that community. And the, uh, as far as Discord, I had no idea that there was such an amazing tool to meet people. And since I'm a people person anyways in life, because I recruit people for whatever movie or whatever it is, uh, that's my personality. And I think that David and that could tell you a lot. So long story short, I, I entered that, that uh, one Discord. And that's how this this Lego Mania came to be. Why? Because that Discord, even though I brought people in, I said, guys, you got to come meet my friends. We all played. It grew, and then became then started the whole thing of the Game of Thrones. I'm better than you are. You better. And I said, that's not why I came to Discord. I came here to play. I got my own business. So if we're gonna have fun here, we're gonna have fun. I don't care about all the, all the, the. So long story short, I met uh, uh, these people. That I met uh, Sikacha. I met Glacier, which is, he's the one that helped me set up Lego Maniac. And why did I do that? Because they got rid of someone that I was, I thought it was really poor. And, um, and, and it's kind of like, I didn't understand it because the way my personality is and they got rid of someone without uh, slapping him on the wrist first. And then next thing I go, hey, Glacier, I have no idea how to work Discord. Can you please dress it up for me? First started four people, five people. And now <coughs> we have 281 people that are, you know, in and out. So it wasn't like, a thousand something people that are not playing. No, they were consistently playing. And that's how Lego Maniac came to be. And we created a community of just having fun. And if there's drama, you got to get out, take your thumb and get it. And then now I have these amazing characters. Look at, look at, look at this cowboy in front of me. You know, he's just amazing. <laughs> he loves people as well. Dad, yeah, dad is just completely over the top. Uh, Knight Rider came also. Uh, by the time you knew it, you know, we had different types of rooms, and uh, and that's how Lego Maganet came to be. And uh, and then other discords were coming in just to see how heck we did it. Why were we top lead, you know, uh, on, on the scores? Me, I don't care. I was Red Cross. What does that mean? My storm. I watched all my people. I primed them. I either got yelled at or didn't get yelled at. It's as simple as that. Yeah, well, that's, uh, so that's how everything came to be, and, um, and then uh, he, David he, came he and he when, you, when you need a, a res, he's down there going, "Look, I want you to sit here and think about what you did." <laughs> Everybody, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Every time somebody was uh, like, you know, the whole thing about shut up and, and respawn. God, I would sit there and go, "Listen, you're gonna sit there and think about what you did wrong, you know, <laughs> and now get up, you know." So I, that's why when uh, you guys came to me with the whole shut up and respawn, I thought that was like, you know, godsend. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Yeah, that, that's, so that's been kind of. 
That, that's so been I, kind I, of our motto to shut up and respawn and get back in the game from from our destiny days. So that's, oh. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. That I mean, you don't hear a lot of stories about people picking up. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying you're older in age, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't ever insinuate that. But you know, it, people. You don't hear a lot about people picking up video games later in life. And so it's a cool story to hear that, you know, you did that. You were able to get that. I mean, most computers don't even come with CD trays anymore. But, you know, little things that we're going to learn. So it's impressive that you guys have, have come together. And and Knight, Knight, how did you come into the Lego Maniacs um, fold, I guess? So I just came in pretty recently. Uh, so the cool thing about Anthem that I've noticed that there's so many communities out there that's successful and active and I honestly didn't know about Lego Media until that uh, invited me a few weeks ago and like I jumped in and like again you know I've been in a few, a few communities but the first thing that popped off was just like just activeness of like it was just comments comments people talking talking you know grouping grouping it like successfully grouping too like so I've been there for a little bit, but like I said, already, like I said, it's, it's been been great. They invited me with open arms and they got events going on and it's just, it's been a different kind of feel as far as the community and it's, it's been fun. Cool. And Knight, you, I've been seeing you on the Reddit. I've been seeing you on, on speedrun.com. You're kind of taking a, um, hey, instead of pushing the leaderboards right now, you're pushing the speedruns pretty hard up. What makes, have you sped, speed ran other games or is Anthem kind of the first one you've kind of uh, pushed for with speedrunning? Uh, so actually, this is probably my first game that I've actually like, like you know what, I started doing the speed run thing. Okay. And brought it up too is like, you know, with leaderboards the way it is, you know, some people like it, some people don't, you know, there's a whole disparity of you know, unfairness or whatever, which is okay, but it's recycled content now. So a lot of people, they're getting tired of doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, we was talking in the Discord and someone was like, hey, we can start speed running. Like, uh, we're like that's not cool, whatever. But then we found there was a site where you had to upload the video and all that, and it was like, okay, that's new challenge, a new grind. Because like I said, speed run versus like leaderboard run is completely different, you know, of how you're gonna run it, and it's a lot quicker, so you can get more runs in. And, and like I said, we got a few of the teams that was doing it, and we started competing, and it was just took off, and it was fun. Yeah, and from the times that I'm seeing that you guys have on speedrun.com, you're completing GM3 strongholds in under six minutes. For the most part, yeah, most of them. I think the longest one right now is be tired of mine at like nine minutes. Um, but the rest is relatively fast. Uh, I think right now the fastest something sale is seven, but then uh, Temple of Scar and Heart of Rage are both almost under 530. Um, so and it's, it's only that fast, so like it's crazy, yeah, and, and that's super impressive. Uh, go ahead, Dad, say that again. Yeah, Sunken shouldn't be too hard to push it under seven minutes of the current minute, um, depending on the build up that you go with teams. When it comes to speed runs and high scores, two different mind frames that you have to go in with, because it's not just about the teams, it's about your javelin builds and making sure you cooperate with the teams, because you just need to kill everything quick. But at the same time, you need to be precise with the team because uh, if one thing goes wrong it's just like the whole run's gone down whilst when you go into a high score run you can actually salvage a high score run because you can just come back and be like okay we just need to maybe push that one more grind or that one more farm in order to do it later on and that could just give you that difference so with the, the speed runs it's just much more quicker compared to like staying in a high score run which can end up taking you hours and hours just to 
try and get that score from falsifying leads to just it's, it's just different that's what i can say yeah so dat from all the all the time that you guys have been playing and you've been doing these speed runs i mean can you guys say that there's a definitive best javelin in anthem with it playing at the level that you guys are there, there are perks to all javelins that's what i gotta say um it comes dependent on your play style so when it comes to speed runs you ideally need a, a strong team it can be between rangers and it can be between colossuses but it all comes down to the components that you have and to even grind out the components with respect to all the players out there because to actually get the um, specific roles that you require for that build it, it takes dedication and time in order to grind it out um so let's say for colossus it's great to have it because there's one component out there for your ultimate so if if you're going in a speed run and then there are lots of mobs forming um going into your ultimate for if you kill five enemies um with one ulti shot it refills 30 percent of it so what more or less what that means is you just get another ulti shot altogether so having that clears off mobs a lot more quicker um, but then you've got a ranger as well so if you fired off all the rockets there you can get multiple of enemies and then using let's say uh, the vassal surprise and then you've got the last arguments as well as um, the melee you can literally build back uh, your ultimate within like three to four seconds and then you can just fire off the ulti again um, again knight if you want to elaborate a bit more onto that what would you say yeah, so my take is, uh, so Anthem did a very good job of making it to where the team synergy is very important. So like, you know, you can watch like one of my speed runs and we have like one Colossus, two Rangers, and a Storm, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the best set for like another set of players based off, you know, their skill and their use of the Javelin. Because <clears throat> like I said, there's some people that like, you know, prefer like an interceptor for speed and this and that. And it goes back between, you know, time to kill versus speed. And it's, at the end of the day, it really just comes down to team synergy and utilizing what you're best at. Because <clears throat> really, you could make a team almost out of anything. But, you know, certain things, like, for instance, if you run four storms, your clear time is going to be crazy on events, but your boss kill is going to suffer. So then you got to, like, balance it. You know, am I killing fast enough in the events to upset the time I'm losing on boss? Or, and then that's where you start to play around with, okay, maybe I need a r one ranger because, you know, he has six double alts and he can just take care of himself. And... <clears throat> So, so as far as best, it's hard to say. Now, best balance, I would say hand balance Colossus just because it almost has no flaws the way it's built. Uh, I think it's a bit overpowered, to be honest. And then, because the way I, I, I'll bring it down is would be Colossus, Ranger, Storm, Interceptor, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my take on it. So, David, do you what? what is your list of of javelins, I mean, is interceptor at the bottom for you also? No, I'm, I'm actually an interceptor main. So, so you're you're so, interceptor, um, speedy boy all the way. Speedy boy all the way. <laughs> I when I first started playing, I was an interceptor, and I believe at some point it may have gotten nerfed or it's something. It was I couldn't use it, so I went to a storm, and then I tried a ranger. I had a pretty good ranger, and then the interceptor came back with fierceness so i started playing with an interceptor grabbing up a little bit of armor 
as I got to where my melee was higher with my death stalker blades and whatnot, I started taking off the armor and had more melee damage. And here we are today with top tier death stalker blades and pretty high ultimate damage. The ultimate is almost inconsequential in that game as far as an interceptor goes. You have to have a pretty high ultimate to get anything out of it, especially a survival tool if you don't have a lot of ultimate inscriptions on there. And I've got several uh, several components that have double roll ultimate inscriptions on it, so that helped a lot. I actually did that last night. And my melee went up because I applied all damage with the ultimate inscription, so it kept my melee up, being that I was taking away melee to add the ultimate inscription. So I actually created a better balanced build, and my survival went up, my kill rate is higher, and my ultimate is doing probably about 250% more damage. So... Fast boy is the way I go. I wish you guys could hang out and launch with us. <laughs> what are you guys wearing? What's your stats? Change to this, change to that. 20 freaking minutes until we go get the the, the millions. It's pretty interesting. I'm, hey, I'm, training, I'm training a guy right now because he just started playing with an interceptor, and, and I kind of gave him a rundown on how to build it to start with, you know, and he was pretty low. And, and within about three or four days, he's gotten to where he can keep up pretty good now, and he's not dying so much. And now he's yeah. loving it. That's yeah. KFS, Bango. Oh, yeah, Anthem uh, University. Hey, look, quick, yeah. uh, commercial, quick commercial break. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it or not. Can you see it? Yeah, well, you can see it. <laughs> what does it say? What does it say? Oh, we've got Command the Storm, Become a Freelancer. So that is um, artwork from Lazarus, I believe. Correct. I got right? this from uh, from um, from one of our uh, players that I first uh, started playing with. Her. She's from Germany, Sakacha. And uh, during the holidays, we were doing Christmas exchange, and she got me that, which is pretty cool because that's all I've ever played. I, I think that my uh, my colossal is broken, so I wish I could talk to Bioware about that because it's too slow. We we, we send uh, each other stuff all the time. There's a guy named Lifer in our Discord. Great, great guy. He's 63. It's and, yeah, since the yeah, I mean, eyesight these, event came We're all out. friends. We, I talk to him on a daily basis. I mean, it's it's a great place to be. Since the eyesight event came around, um, it showed the meta for storms. Like, if you had a full party of four storms and you had the right inversion, uh, you could literally go thrash through all the mobs and everything else, including the boss. Sunkel proved that at one point when you ended up... Um, when you ended up getting to the boss in the Sunken, the Fury is very easy to take down with the Storm, with the right inversions. Um, mm -hmm. But with that, gaining like 25 million score from that, it was just brilliant. It's just like, that was the meta. That was the meta to farm the Brutes, for instance. You can just one shot the Brutes. And having four Storms, you'll just rush through the whole content. Yeah. So as, as high level players, and you guys I say you're saying that you're training new people. It's like, what's what's the one thing that you constantly have to tell new players that are coming to Anthem? Because we know that there's been an influx of players when Anthem went on sale. A lot of people jumped into the game. So what's that thing that you're like constantly telling them? Hey, stop stacking this um, in this um, inscription. I mean, what's that? What's that advice you give to a new player that's just jumping in? Mainly the advice I give them are the component sets. Um, let's say for an interceptor, depending on what you want to go for for an interceptor, do you want to just run around melee people? Or do you really want to be that OP person just going in, just wrecking through the bosses, wrecking through the Valkyries that 
annoying to take down and the hunters as well um it's it's just finding the right components so for instance all universal slots on a interceptor with ulti damage will just literally rinse through everything and then if you have your venom spray as well just bringing back your ultimate as quickly as possible that's why you call it ulti build otherwise you can stack up all mixture of between ultimate and melee damage to give you enough melee damage in order to kill things quicker and it's usually the poison melee um to go for to get the best dps out of it um for rangers there's always the two builds you got your ulti build again you have six components that are going to be ulti and then you got the one uh, component that's going to be uh, what was it called again? Uh, uh, badge of Devastation, I think. Yeah, Badge, badge of Devastation. That's your ultimate. Rip that yeah. one. That's your ultimate. Um, but if you're going with, um, let's say, a combo ranger, you want to stack as much combo... Uh, combo impact damage. Yeah, so combo impact damage. You just want to really, really stack up on combo impact damage with tip of the spear. So anytime that you do um, detonate a combo, you can get up to about 1.2 million in the combo damage. So you can literally just push the sky's the limit when it comes to getting the right rolls. Uh, storms, you really, really, what you need to do is build up on the javelin wide damage because the, and then equip yourself a binary star with a steam vent and then you'll just shred through the whole content with literally nothing at all, just one shot killing. And then I'll, I'll let Knight tell you because his favorite javelin is the Colossus. Uh, what <laughs> you should go for for that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Colossus, I think, is has the most, I guess, you know, flexibility because it has, let's say, three main builds that are very successful on GM three, and <clears throat> yeah, the bosses are Meteor Smash, Vitamin Dome, and Earthshaker, and you have Venom Storm. Either Meteor Mash or Earthshaker, all three works extremely well. Everybody has their preference on which is better, um, but it also comes down to the playstyle. Bosses give you that mid range, so it allows you to prime with, with a close range and then you can jump around and just detonate everything. I think it's a little bit more flexible for our speed because if you use the melee, to, um, if you jump melee, it actually covers a lot of distance extremely fast. So it makes up for a little bit of the speed of being slow on the Colossus. And then when you go to Vitamic Dome, you freeze, break combo, let's repeat, which is extremely strong because it's a CC in a sense. So, you know, if you're freezing the opponents, you're not taking damage. So for me, it's one of the best starter builds because you really can't go wrong with it. And then, of course, Venom Storm that a lot of people love. Um, I have my own opinions about it. It's a very good build. It's just the, the rockets to me are just so inaccurate, but extremely powerful yeah combo blast in everything if it hits anything it's it melts everything so and then of course off that you know some people like to run more ultimate damage for when they do break the ulti for like you know because the problem with colossus is if, if you run it all combo blast you're pretty much useless on the boss so some people like to run ultimate because you'll still have good crowd control even without stacking combo blast so again Claws got a lot of a lot of flexibility, and there's some different ways you can really build it. And and as we talk about builds for for Anthem, one thing that I've always complained about about the game is that it, it's tough to put together builds quickly, right? I mean, in order to get the inscriptions with the double stacking, um, all the things that you want, 
it's it's very random and it takes a while um and you have to run a long a lot of strongholds you have to run a lot of cataclysm and doing that um is do you do you all think that there's a better way for when 2.0 comes out that they can kind of change that system do you guys like the inscription systems on the weapons or do you think there's some tweaks that bioware should be taking into account for 2.0 there definitely needs to be some tweaks, like let's say force, for instance. It, I've I've run a build around force, and literally, let's take a shotgun for instance. If you shotgun something, it literally fly off, hit, bounce off a wall, and enemy will just yeah. keep bouncing back and forth. It's just ridiculous force, but it's not needed. There are so many um, roles that are not needed that they'd really need to take out. But with that as well, they should really compensate on letting Gus re-roll um, certain ones. So even if it's just a one-time roll, it'll at least guarantee that roll, let's say if it was Force for instance, we can re-roll it to something else. Fair enough, it may be still bad, but it may not be as bad as the Force. Yeah. So you take your chance with it. Um <laughs> It comes down to the components are great. So you've got something like Token of Darings. Most people don't take into account the effects of it. It's for storm components. So when your shield breaks, you instantly refill all your um, abilities. So your Qs and Es instantly refill. So you can literally use off all your Es and Qs. And if you're around in enemies and they sh- shut all your shield down, it's instantly back. You can keep going at it and at it, and it just, just does not slow down. It's really trying to figure out what these do in order to go for a build and it wasn't clearly explained when you first started off the game so when you had these gm levels that were literally three hour grinds and four five six hour grinds just to take down this one titan that gm grind was more orientated i guess in their eyes at that time for these roles now that we have these roles, when we go into GM, it's just like a walk in the park, for instance. So the difficulty just needs to adjust a bit more. <clears throat> yep. That or... I agree. I mean, there's... A, and also, I, I don't know, I guess this is stuff for 2.0, but, you know, hopefully they'll add more difficulty levels. But there, there's one thing that that has kind of bugged me since... We, from the community a little bit, so... When the Cataclysm started and we got the leaderboards, um, there was this discourse, and I wanted to get your, y'all's opinion on this, that, you know, if you're glitching through barriers, you're cheating, right? If you're doing this <laughs> this way, because I'm not doing it that way, so then your run doesn't count. I mean, has that been something that, you know, has bugged you all? Um, because I imagine that, you know, you're playing at a high level that you're trying to min-max everything as, pos- as much as possible. So if you can clip through a wall, you know, you can clip through a wall. I mean, is that something that is that you guys have talked about? Like, hey, we're going to do runs where we don't clip or we don't exploit, you know, this this little frame here. Or how did you guys manage that? Because there there's always, I mean, and this is for every game, right? It's not just for Anthem. If you don't play it the way I played it, then your run doesn't count, right? We've, we've talked about it in our Discord. I prefer just doing straight through runs myself. Um, I'm guilty of doing it the other way a few times, but at the same time, I don't I don't know if you classify it as cheating. It's not the exact way it was intended to play, so it may be classified that way by somebody else. But at the same time, I, I would prefer to do straight 
breakthrough runs. But it has it has been talked about, but I I couldn't give two craps about it. You know, either way, if people want to do it, and they want to do it, get on the leaderboard, let them. No big deal. But it's still to me not a normal run. Farming, do that all you want. That's fine. That's within the you know the 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 barriers that they set within the game. If you can do it, more power to you. It's more even with farming, um, back when Vara was there in the first Cataclysm, they even stopped the farming to encounter. So because that was not intended either to farm Vara with the ads. So what ends up happening is once you nerf one thing where people can't gain that score, other people look for other means in order to do things. So this is Correct. where you're playing cat and mouse uh, with the uh, with the whole game and everything else. So if you can't do this, what other things can you do? What is somebody else doing that we don't know? And then this is where it came to turret farming, for instance, in the Cataclysm, where you, turrets can respawn and then you can just farm them as well because you could not farm as long as you could on Vara. So people look for alternative means and then it keeps going. And that's where, let's say, clipping only came out out of bounds is when the season of the ice tide came when it came to locking the golden orbs behind the walls that was the worst mistake that you can do so where you had your multipliers behind another stage that forced um a lot of players to try and look for out of bounds in order to see how they can collect these to get a high score so if they did not do that but they did it in a different way where it elaborated like let's say a secret passageway in order to take you there before you can do all these events or anything else it would have been great so they could put a bit more creativity around that um but when you're going on to runs let's say on the cataclysm and you were doing it as an exploit it doesn't matter regardless whether you're doing an exploit run or whether they were clipping out of bounds or clipping outside the walls or whether you were doing legitimate runs the teams that will always be at the top would be the teams that are the most coordinated with the right roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like well, Knight, for instance, would, uh, Knight, what would you say? Because you've, you've experienced that and I've had backlash from YouTubers as well about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, I think there's different levels to it. So, you know, you look at Cataclysm, overall was designed really well. There wasn't, too many big exploits, just like you said, like tight, like farming uh, turrets and stuff. But that was like min maxing. That's like you know, I'm trying to get that extra hundred thousand to pass this guy. Like that was, you know, small. <clears throat> now when we got the ice tide. Like I was telling people the other day, you know, you could tell that that content wasn't designed for leaderboard style due to all the loopholes and holes and just how it was designed. But you know, between a straight run and then I said the beginning exploit runs where, you know, you have somebody go outside the map and they can collect all the orbs. That was okay just because it changed up how you ran the whole entire thing. Getting the multipliers early changed the way you, you know, these you kill the Valkyrie before you in the event. It changed how you ran the whole thing. But the global timer still went. So you still had a race against time. You still had to be fast. You still had to be efficient. My only problem was when people started to figure out how to get out of the map without starting the global timer, collecting everything and then you know just walking through and you know being everybody because you know the global timer didn't start to like you know 10 minutes after they had everything because then it takes away a lot of the competition and you know what's the whole point of being fast if i can get everything before i start the global timer you know so yeah. it's like and that's where you start seeing those crazy scores basically something sell you know hard rage where people get 20 even 30 million you know score and it's like <laughs> at that point it's not really even a skill anymore you just 
doing the same thing for like an hour or two and then boom i win like so like i said the beginning one was okay i feel like when you, you get the orange because you still had a you know phrase you still had to get the global timer and what most people didn't realize is that you know if you got all the global if you got all the global multipliers ahead of time there's a cap on the event so after you got a time of 13 you don't get any extra scores so then you had to start factoring in okay after we get time 13 we got to kill the valkyrie before you know so it changed up how you did it so it was almost a different run almost but then after that, like I said, once it got bad, and I could understand, you know, people feel, un, feel like it's unfair or the cases, but at the same time, a lot of stuff wasn't, like, hitting, you know, people, those people putting this information out, and if you just choose to use it, fine, if you don't, you don't use it, simple as that, I mean, you're still getting your, your, your crystals at the end of the day, that's fine. So you guys said that, that the teams that do the best are the ones that are well-coordinated and have that synergy and can work together, so I'm curious, where did that come from in you guys how does how does an eclectic group like you guys come together do you do you practice on your individual builds by yourselves and then meet up like is there is there some pressure between you guys you know that okay when you come to tonight's session you better have x y and z ready to go or we're going to rib you during lunch and tell you that you know i mean you know so, so how does that work tell us run us through that how does that not in my room no, so, we don't. We don't do the pressure thing because you know yeah. we, we try to keep it fun. <laughs> and I think that's one of the reasons that it's lasted as long as it has and it's done so well. There are so, people in our Discord that are more powerful than others. Dat is one of them. He's one of our beast mode players. And uh, in my opinion, I'm just an average player. I might play above average to most people, but I don't know if I do or not. I just play to have fun. I like the game, regardless of what state it's in or where it's going. I'll be here for the second second run of it too. But uh, I do practice on my own to see if I'm doing better with a certain build. I'll change components and then make a couple of runs. And we all trade information back and forth and see what we've done and see if we can do better. And it, it's just kind of – it's kind of come with that, like that. So what would be interesting is um, – so Knight the Shield, he plays on console on Xbox. So for him to build up his team uh, – it'd be very interesting because it's different because you don't have the keyboard and mouse utility. So how do you do synchronize your team now? So especially my team now, like uh, I, I like to keep a small circle when I'm doing like, you know, uh, what's the word for like, like leaderboards and speed runs. The main reason is because of synergy and stuff. Like even if you switch out one person, it changes the synergy of the game and the knowledge of mm -hmm. whatever you're doing. So um, the way I like to, I like to start off with like three phases. Phase one is just run it, right? Get familiarized, learn the spawns, learn this, learn that. And then normally what I do, like I like math, I like numbers, is I record it. And then before we do our next run, I'll be writing down you know, split times or like you know, points here or all these other things. And I bring all the information back to the team and then, you know, we'll coordinate and go forward. Um, most times I have like a plan in my head and I'm like, okay, I kind of want the Rangers hold your ult because I want you to use it here or here. But then sometimes, you know, we'll be running and they'll see stuff and they'll be like, well, maybe we should do this. And I'm like, okay, let's give that a try. And we keep everything open and kind of keep everything loose because like, just like you say, like, you don't want to keep pressure, 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 because that's just going to, it's going to make, make everybody get frustrated and then you're not going to perform at your best anyway. So and I like to kind of keep like a time limit too, you know, we get on maybe two, three hours and we cut it no matter what, you know, then we'll hit it back another day. 
but and I'm also very picky. I have a very set like I always run one Colossus and two Rangers. Almost everything I do is just the way I kind of build my team around me. And then my fourth spot is normally <laughs> a flex. Uh, normally it's a Colossus. Sometimes it's a Storm, and once in a while maybe an Interceptor. So that's 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 how I run mine. Because I'm so confident in my ability to clear your ads as a Colossus and with my ultimate that I like having two Rangers. Because like I said, if I'm clearing, all they got to focus is dropping ultis. They don't got to worry about killing ads, just drop an ulti. If you don't have an ulti, build an ulti. With how we started off um, back in the Cataclysm, um, we had a, I had a teammate called Bomboom2. Um, the whole Lego Mania community is familiar with her. Or him, we, we still don't know. We well, yeah, we don't know. It's an AI. Maybe. It's an AI, artificial yeah. intelligence. And, so uh, with us, yeah, a chip, uh, computer chip or something. Uh, the person never used to speak over mic, so we always yeah. had the in-game button where it's just like, "Have you got this?" And they'd be using the B button to communicate, saying it's okay. But since we've had, we've played so long together, me and her, um, like literally. If she she does something, I can instantly know what I need to do, because yeah. we've formed up so strong, like the bond was so strong between us. We used to have like little arguments here and there, but between that, um, we were actually the first team because in the first cataclysm we were always in the top five, and we we used to get to the number one spot. But the next, let's say half an hour, we used to get broken down. By the time we came around to the second cataclysm, different teams were forming. We were trying to disengage them where we didn't need to, let's say, come back and babysit other people in order to do anything. But we were still teaching other people, but we were still getting towards the top. And then it came to the last few weeks of the second cataclysm um, that it was the first time ever in the Anthem community that me and her um, formed and team together with another team so it's, it's something that nobody ever does it's like go to an enemy side or something like that as you would say but we actually well they came that. to our side no <laughs> we if we yeah. involved them yeah. into, into everything that we could do so yeah. we wanted to see what we can do because they weren't playing for a time and then there was other people going in at it as well so yeah. what we wanted to do was okay look we've got two slots free and then we got Jeros Vengeance involved as well as Skyraptor and yeah. they came in and then we literally went for the next couple of weeks on number one spots as well so that was amazing it's because we had two teams from two different backgrounds um, actually forming in together and then came into the season of the Ice Tide where um, Grey Phoenix um, you'll know him around the reddit and he's put many reddit posts out about storm builds as well as exposing the whole cataclysm um, regarding towards um, how to do each level and how to farm Vara. He's exposed it to that degree that it, everybody would know how the cataclysm would work. When the season of Ice Tide came around, it was completely different. Everybody had an open play and everybody was communicating. Whether there was a clip out of the wall or anything else, everybody was communicating and Grey Phoenix got involved, and then we had JRS involved, and we had Bombo. So we had a huge team of um, huge team of people forming in to do high scores. Whether we did it um, 
by going out of bounds or whether people did it um, legitimately, uh, we still can gain them scores because we formed that team and we formed that bond that we had such a blast and laugh during the season of Ice Tide. But when the content died out slowly, there was really not much of a drive. So when it came to a certain week when Sunken Cell came in, the highest score that was possible, well, crystals that you can get was 25,000 crystals. Once you hit 25,000, so 25 mil, and then after that, any crystals that you do gain, you can't get more than 25,000. So that was the limit. So we used to push not just the high score, but we wanted to see what the limit for the crystals would be. Once we achieved that, I think that's when we started to ease down from, let's say, pushing the leaderboards any higher than where it can be. Um, and then came down like a little downpour and then we got involved into speed running because that was completely different um that really really got us back in um into the competitive mode because it takes a lot of different um how can i put it uh, different plans in order to do each room so each room had a different basis and each person was responsible for it Rather than our team, like how Knight revolves around him, our team revolves around each individual has their own individual thing to do. So if somebody's clearing out ads, we're just cleaning out that little one or two things and then we're prepping up for the next room and then we're just constantly communicating between each other. So it's it's very hard to try and get that form of team and then for new players to try and get them in, we teach them from ground up and then try to build their javelins up. So it's very hard for new people who's run, let's say, if they've been there for about a good 100 hours worth of gameplay, it's very hard for them to switch into a different build style where there's less armor, there's less um, there's less versatility for them for what they're used to. Um, but however, it's, it's like high risk, high gain. So trying to form somebody um, from ground up to actually play that kind of style is very hard because that's when it really shows the players the true skill involved. Right. Um, so Bango is an example, for instance, uh, when we used to run like cataclysm, um, we just used to run for crystals and everything else, but we wanted to make sure that he benefits the maximum amount of crystals. So he used to hear me screaming at him, why are you killing the Valkyrie or why are you not hiding? Or anything else? <laughs> Uh, he remembers all of this arguments and everything else, and he just like, whoa, 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 I didn't know this. Okay, but uh, yeah, it, it's all from the governor. The governor. So, yeah, but you know, and, it, and it's funny, but from looking from my uh, and everything they were saying is true. And the, the beautiful thing was that not only that and uh, a, a boom boom and uh, all this hot, you know, they had their own little rooms and everything. Everybody who come from different discords, some will try to infiltrate us. And try to get their secrets. So when I see that energy, there are literally out. no secrets. Like I can clearly say that. There's literally what? no secrets. We kept no secrets. It's yeah. just people no, it, presumed. Listen, listen. Yeah. The energy when I used to go into the rooms, and you guys just scream at me. Okay, <laughs> get out, Bango. Not now. Don't talk to us. Remember? You guys were you talk so too much, Bango. Get out. <laughs> you guys are so you synchronized, and they love each other. Just when it, they started or launched something, they kind of knew already what they had to do. When you have other people uh, that, without saying their names, their discords, when you went into their discord, they were competing against each other, and it wasn't the same vibe as what we did here 
with uh, with uh with Lego Maniacs people, and that's what was so nice about uh, doing these runs and these people being synchronized. And I think earlier Mike mentioned something about was there ever any kind of conflict or any kind of challenge with each other? No, it wasn't. It was a matter of that's how it happened. And then there was other discords wanting to come in, pop into us like a like hitchhiker, go to these people's room, and then either they stayed or left or they figured out what you know when Dad and Boom Boom were doing all their crazy stuff all over the place. You can see them in the little dots. Uh, then they would go start. Um, it, it was just a different different way of of, uh, of you know these top leaders that how they did it was all synchronized and it was it was amazing. Now people are grinding. You know, these, we still keep our our uh, Lego maniacs active uh, with many ways. I think that's one of the uh, beautiful things about us is that we kept it. You know, in the anticipation of uh, Anthem 2.0 coming out, and then of course play other games but the good thing is to keep everybody together so when anthem 2.0 does come here uh, anthem 2.0 does uh you know come uh a you know when anthem 2.0 comes we're going to be able to all of us still stay intact and we still have all those people interested and i i always talk to them and everything um i still play it almost daily almost daily we all do we all do so, um, so for a high-level group that you all have on PC, Xbox, I imagine you probably have some PlayStation players also. So what is, like, the main desire that you all have for 2.0? Is it, I mean, beyond just more content and fix the little things, I mean, what does a group like you all really want? I mean, is there something specific that, hey, we want these tools for speedruns or we want the leaderboards back? <laughs> I mean, what's the big desire for 2.0 from you all? Six players. That one. Six player content. <laughs> so six GM player five. content. I, say that. Uh, I did. Give, the number one thing that I would appreciate is if they actually really brought in a proper raid. Um, because at the current moment, a raid. Um. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So at the current moment, you've got like. You've got the dungeons, which are basically um, the timelines. They're, like, they're like Destiny the Strikes. Tempo they're more yeah. like, like Destiny Strikes. When you had the Cataclysm come in, that was more like um, a Sherpa raid. If you if you've played like D one or something, well, sorry, D two. Um, when it first when everybody's tried that kind of thing out, but it's event based. It's more of like a new free play map, but with events in there for you to complete it's like a mission control so it's it's great there in in its own sense but it's not an end game content it's great in order to play um it's great for the high scores and i like the way that they've done the system for the high scores and everything else but there's more intuitive ways where if we had a proper raid for instance we have like a big pillar inside the middle of the free play map but everybody there was one point where twitter said go into free play there's something happening and nothing happened i spent literally six hours there and all, i had one fury pop up that was the first ever time that i've ever seen a fury pop up but nothing happened so there's a sense of exploration there but we really really wanted that raid wave forces all the players to communicate like six players go in and it's really really good content and whether you want to go for a high score you could build it up through there or if you wanted it through with the speedrun scores or you could have gone it through in that one point because they have some great bosses there um 
they have some great team behind them in order to create all of this content and we would really really love to have that raid and and night i'm sure good. as a math guy you have lots of comments about inscriptions and roles and stat sheets is my guess oh, oh my god yeah yeah so like yeah i mean a stat sheet is definitely will be a big upgrade i mean unlike the night because there's not a lot of players that's like us or like top players that are willing to sit down, write down, you know, multiply. Everything. <laughs> okay, I got 200% yeah. this, blah, blah. And because it's a headache, like, because I change my bill a lot and it's, it's a headache. I'm like, okay, wait, I'm running 50% less ultimate now. I think, oh, crap, I got to do, got my, I haven't got a calculator. I got a big calculator. I'm just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> but like, you know, there's a lot of little things they could do. Like I said, you know, like the combo blast, combo impact, all that. They could just make it one, just one thing combo. You know, it affects all javelins one it increases the rate of getting it you know instead of and then you won't fall into a situation where you're getting a combo impact and a combo blast on the same component which is pretty much useless so you know they could definitely clean that up um i feel like some of the subscriptions like delay like the shield delay and like four stuff like that like when they were talking about the mastery system and like having that like after you hit level 30 I feel like that's the place where you can add like small things that doesn't really sound like it matters, but could be pretty big. Cause like I said, you know, shield delay is, is pretty cool. Like on the, on the storm, like if you ever watch a storm with like high shield delay, it's pretty dope. Cause it just, it never stops healing, but you also don't want to give up, you know, your, your, your component slots for the shield delay when you have, you know, double damage or other ultimates or whatever the case is. So I feel like they could balance the subscriptions and the builds of it, but you know, yeah, but it's just like to talk about, just like you said, like, like, I want them to kind of keep the core of what they have and then just extend on it. You know, don't try to completely wipe everything clean and start over. Like I said, the Cataclysm, I think it's great content. It's very unique. It's free roam. It's not straightforward. You know, it's fun. You should keep that. They, they integrated into the storyline, which I thought was pretty cool. And I mean, honestly, the way they did it, you could, you could make a million of them. Oh, there's a portal over here. We go to the portal different cataclysm you know you can keep that forever yeah. and just make events off that and then go into a destiny and then create like a, a six-man raid eight man so however they want to do it and just keep building you know i just hope they keep the core act, like the flying mechanics and the stuff that's yeah they did so well they need to get rid of four tosses i think Listen, one of the biggest things that we need is a, a little better crafting system you know <laughs> We, we, There's we a crafting have, system? You know, you have, yeah, your crafting system. Um, where you have epics and legendaries and stuff like that. As of right now, you can't craft a legendary at all. And um, you have different different materials that you pick up through in Bastion and stuff like that. And you cannot target a certain inscription. There's no way to do that, really. There needs to be a way that you can... Um, build a component or, or or craft a component craft this craft that and use certain types of material to make this type of inscription we at this time we don't have a way to do that and that would make it to where you could actually build something that you were shooting for instead of just playing and playing and playing and playing until you get something by chance you know that would be a great thing to have definitely need a crafting system that's a little bit more enhanced but okay, once just, you reach legendary, yeah. they should get rid I, of. I just don't uh, want to go for it, Vango. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say something. 
Um, I was going to say, he was again four Tarsus. Um, ideally, not to make it single player. I'd, I'd rather have it filled with players um, on the base. Yep. So, how you form up free play, let's say for zone based, for instance, all the players in one zone, and when you spread out from the zones, it will automatically go into servers. It's it can be done um, where you can form up a team into the four tasks. You'll still get your individual icons pop up here and there. So it'll be like a little town that you can actually visit. And then once you leave from that town, you go into an open base into free play or something like that. So that would be really, really awesome rather than having to go into three menus every single time to actually go back in mm -hmm. uh, to the game. And then you have that other one zone that nobody ever spends their time in, they only created it there for the time for the players. The launch bay? <laughs> yes, the launch bay. Um, that is, and, and, and laundry man. talk to people. Laundry man. That's how I recruit people, by the way. I remember I go in there, I call it the laundry room. Um, and unfortunately, all you have is a couple of greetings. I'm looking for more teams. I want to be able to get in a mic and make an announcement and say, hey, yeah. come with us if you want to live. It's going to be a great idea because if you make four... Uh, no, I'm serious. No, no. What I'm trying to say is if you made four into a great area, you can even put homes inside. So you can put into your javelins in there, like different sets of javelins to showcase. I look, just pop into my house for a second. Look at all of my javelins and everything. They can really see. Oh, my God. So you can have all of these other creative <laughs> sites awesome. for other teams and everything else. That sounds awesome. That's... Like showroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like take the, check these stats out. Yeah. 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 And he and Dad said earlier, get rid of four Tarses. When it was snowing, they were all wearing tank tops still. <laughs> and 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 that, that hand they've been cutting all the time, it's prosciutto by now. It's like you know, it's cute. You start the game and you go, wow, this is cool. And now you know you get tired of seeing this thing, and and you run through it anyway. So either way, you hit R and you bypass all the stupidity. Yeah. But oh, yeah, it? yeah, I think laundry room is, is kind of dumb, honestly. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I thought... Go ahead. It'd be so much more better if you can fill it up with players and four tosses. Even throw in a little ball, we can either kick it around for a bit. But having <laughs> these little things there for the players, oh. it'll make four tosses a much more joyful place. Can I, teacher, can I say something? Did you yes, just raise your hand? I you raised my hand. <laughs> No, I'd like to say something. Laugh it inside. We need some button that we could eject the randoms. I speak many <laughs> different languages, including Cleon. Okay. You couldn't. So, you can't include stop. a button. means stop. You, you can't include a button like that because then nobody be like, "Well, if I walk in, they're just going to kick me out." So yeah. That one, I push the talk. I go, "Oye, para, ahora, stop." Konnichiwa, <laughs> whatever it is, they know to stop. You can hear my voice. So we yeah. have to go yeah. eject, and well, someone else takes him out, and it brings in Steve or it brings in Mike. It's as simple as that. Well, we got to talk about that, I, you know, being able to, you know, vote to kick. Am I stuff. right or wrong? <laughs> the problem with that is, though, like, so the anti community is pretty good overall, you know. Like, we, we hate randoms and stuff, but we still do the runs, and, you know, it is what it is. The problem with having to vote to kick <laughs> is that I feel like the game gets so toxic so fast. Because I got yeah. people who, who's like, you go down, you're getting kicked. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that it would it would ruin the game. It would ruin the game. I believe in my heart that it would ruin the game. What? No, no, what it? No, what it? I I think that um, why would it ruin the game? 
Well, just because people wouldn't want to play because the, the first time they mess up, they're going to be afraid that they would be like, kicked from the mission or contract or whatever you're yeah, running strong. Like you get a wall and you actually, you know, mess up a order trail. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> now your consumables are gone. You got to recraft, start a new mission, and you might get kicked on that one too. Deb, Deb Snow in chat I mean, says, no, I'd no. kick Bingo. Yeah. Bingo would get kicked. Doctor yeah, Windu. Yeah. Doctor Windu says we would all kick Bingo. Oh my god, that's my nephew. You're a yeah, yeah. These are those are Cuban rednecks in Homestead. They live in the red list. Um, I think that I think that uh, one of the yeah, I, I think you know, well, or some some nice way to say hey, you know what? Maybe like uh, uh, a friendly fire, like bring down his levels. The second time, then you know, push, you know, I don't know. Maybe you wrong. just nuke them you instead know, of kick them. I think, I think maybe an expanded <laughs> chat wheel. Maybe I, I don't know if picking people and shooting them well, in the head is the, the only, way to go on this. Just take out your battery here. <laughs> <laughs> to jam up no. your javelin. Don't worry about no, it. I must need you to grab it. No, it's cool. You went down. It's all right. You'll be all right. Stay here. I think stay here, Red Cross. You know, you stay here. We're gonna leave you on this spike. That's what the start. Good for us. I didn't talk to. <laughs> to randoms in Cleon, who us is in the uh, whatever oh, I don't understand. God. I think yeah, one of the yeah. Bingo, the, you're getting kicked, bro. Yeah, that's not <laughs> helping. You're your talking case, Klingon, man. you're getting kicked. Telling people you <laughs> speak care. Klingon, that's that's like that's so, like auto kick. Yeah. yeah. One thing Go I can't say about, about the about the laundry room, launch, uh, actually, uh, launch bay, is that you know the first thing I go into that room is while they're all playing and they're all doing their crazy stuff and everybody's either vaping or drinking or whatever it is on happy hours i escape i go to launch bay hit my social pull up everybody's number and anybody about four four hundred and above i say hey how would you like to go higher and that's how i go in there and i recruit people because you know what while we're grinding and everything that we've been doing because we've been grinding for the same uh wardrobe i call it and forge <laughs> uh, we've been grinding for the same stuff for the longest time and the same building we get a lego oh lego but i've already had the crap so when you bring in the new people, those are the ones that's going to keep Anthem alive because they want to be just like us. You understand that? So yeah, when excited. we train them, it is. They get excited. And that way, by the time, you know, if we keep recruiting the new people that keep coming in because the yeah. Anthem is now like nine bucks. There's a ton of new people on right now. A ton of new people. And I go in there and say, hey, guys, check out our, check out our guys. Like, uh, was it that just said it about they can see our build. So when they see our build and we're GM3, they go, look, you're going to play GM3, you're going to die. But you're going to die and you're going to live. So it's as simple as that. So when you do that, these newbies are so excited about getting to where we're at that it keeps Anthem alive until the anticipation of Anthem 2.0 to arrive, which, you know, seriously, I don't, I don't know when that's going to happen, but that's how I see it. And then at the same token, you know, it, it, it does work. Look, uh, um, uh, David's uh, training KFC. Then, now, then they become loyal to Lego, Lego maniacs, and then that keeps us going as well. It's turned KFC into a monster. The guy doesn't sleep for like three days. Yeah. You know, I said, you gotta sleep, dude. You know, and you know, think. But uh, it works. And those are and those are all valid points because because really, I mean, gaming gaming is so many different things to so many different people. Yeah. And it reaches so many different people. My youngest is my youngest boy is eight and he's gaming. He's into it. Bango, you're. I mean, you you said that you're the oldest here, and and we'll leave it at that. And, and you're gaming and picking it up. <laughs> And doing it new and everybody's in between right and everybody goes there for a different reason some people come there for story some come for community some come because their buddy said hey get this game um so it's really neat when a when a community can can evolve Absolutely. that isn't 
toxic that has this this feeling of camaraderie and actual community where people can get together mm-hmm. and go through and do and build and and it really strikes me the the eclecticness of the group you know people from different walks of life the the plumber cowboy computer builder the <laughs> the media you know multimedia entertainment guy that bango is you know the the mathematician in night like that's that's cool stuff that's cool to see oh, yeah. in it and Bob, it's and it's Bob, really bro. needed in the world today with with the global yeah with the global and everything Absolutely. going on it's what's needed right now and and we totally appreciate that and it's been super fun to talk to you guys because it's just fun to to talk to other yeah. guys that have the same the same interests the same things and the same kind of nerdiness that that we try to to not admit yeah. that we find in ourselves but it's there. And the all the guys at work pick all the guys at work pick on me because I play video games when I go home. I'm a single dad. I'm a plumber. I wear a cowboy hat. I drive a truck. I got a trailer and a lawnmower. And then I go home to a 35 inch ultra wide monitor and sold out for two or three hours at a time. You know? David, can you can you? It's great though. That's awesome. There's go ahead do it. Do there's it. my spit cup. <laughs> But Don't I mean, drink right, the so spit cup. The guys at work are all like, you know, he's probably the smartest guy I know. I sound like a hick, but I'm not stupid. So I mean, it, no, it, it, it works out. You know, you know, you guys might not know this, but you, I think Stephen walked in us on a Friday when we were doing happy hour. Yeah. Uh, and he could, he couldn't even get a word in because we were all screaming. <laughs> um, but down on our about it, we created a because he's got a son and we have gold, uh, gold tooth. He's from um, um, Sweden. Where's he from Sweden? Wait. Yeah. And his son is ten, and then uh, David's son, which he's my son somewhere. and his son play together. Is he around you somewhere? Somewhere, Nathan. Nathan, yeah. incredible. Oh, right. <laughs> he created a treehouse. Yeah, stop screaming at your son. He he, he created a treehouse that uh, he's a good kid. Uh, that you could go in there, and I remember Gold uh, Goldtooth one day. I'm at work, and he's like, "Bango, I can't get out of the treehouse because." When you get in, somehow the roles we created, uh, he couldn't get out, so he was stuck there for two hours. Even doesn't matter how he did it, somehow he was stuck in there. So the treehouse was made for kids uh, that are 10 and under, and uh, they're able to play with each other and not hear all the grotesque thing that his father says, or the other one, or this one. I'm the only hey. one here. I, I do remember when I jumped in there, though. Bengo, you were dying a lot on that run that you guys were on. I think, I yeah. think that's... Who said that? <laughs> He's always admiring the Listen, I never said I never said that I, I'm the best player. I just, you know, I'm like the Red Cross. If I see you guys are in danger, this Cuban mafia is going to help you guys. Bango is here for entertainment purposes only. He's just another pretty face. Yeah. So, yeah. so aside, <laughs> aside from luring all these sub ten year olds to the treehouse, which doesn't <laughs> sound weird at all, by the way. Listen, listen, don't worry. That's not that's not weird at all. That's yeah, totally so normal. Yeah. Like, so Katya yeah. said that. No, that's great. Can I say something? The oh, way yeah. I did it was I went to Launch Bay, and unfortunately I can't talk. Right? And if I wish I could talk, I'd say, "Everybody, come over here," and I talk to everybody. I'm looking for a 10-year-olds for our room. So Sikacha, go ahead, David, says. Sikacha said, that sounds real good. A grown man looking for kids <laughs> in a video game. That seems yeah. real appropriate. And he went, oh, my God. Wait a minute. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw that episode on Nightline at no. one time. So, <laughs> but I, I didn't see it that way. I, I saw it really innocently trying to look for kids to come play with us. And it worked. But 
Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, fifty-five-year-old man going into a hee-hee and looking for. So, so on that note, I would like to thank note, you all for uh, for coming and hanging out with us on the Freelancer Codex. <laughs> Because really, Anthem is one of the things that that got our podcast started and led us to the things that we've been able to do. Talk to a lot of developers from on the Anthem team, from Bioware, from other video games, and just kind of take us to where we have been now. So, I mean, I love talking about Anthem. I love hearing people that are still excited about video games, that still enjoy the community, still enjoy bringing people together because that's what it's all about. So, if you don't mind, if we go around, I would love for you guys to plug where people can follow you if they, if you want to be followed on Twitter or if you want to plug the Discord. How how can people find Lego Maniacs? Just the way you said it. We Lego, we have a Anthem? Facebook page. I'll, go ahead, go ahead, Bango. You create. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, you know, me, you got I can, it. Go ahead. Yeah, but I like it in your accent better because then you spit right afterwards. Uh-huh. Lego Maniacs. We have a we have a Facebook page. It's the Anthem League Lego Maniacs that they can look for and search for. It's a public group. Um, if you want to know about me, uh, my origin ID is Bryant David thirty nine oh four. Look me up on Origin and we can make some runs sometime. I'm Captain Dave Man on Discord. Um, welcome to send me a shoot me a message or a free request and come in and hang out. I promise you will enjoy it. Yeah, this that. We, we have a really good group of people. Everybody's a fun-loving. There's no bunch of animosity in there. Nobody's fighting and arguing when they do. It's we, we... And, and, and guess what? We don't have to wear a mask. No. Imagine that. Yeah, I can't deal with a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Dad, um, he's from the U.K., and he plays with us, and, and he's in the room all the time. Um, and, yeah. Lego Maniac, just, I think if you uh, find it – I. I think yeah, Lego Maniacs is how you're gonna find it on Discord, and also we are the uh, the Anthem League, Lego Maniacs on Facebook. All you gotta do is type that in, Lego Maniac, um, and uh, you'll be able to find us there. Add us, and there's three questions there, questionnaire, on uh, who's you know how's your build and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool as you're signing up, it asks you three questions, on um, uh, before you enter the room. So yep. Lego Maniacs. I'll Lego approve Maniacs. it. I'll approve it. Yeah, you gotta approve it. Very yeah. cool. Well, I, mean, I, I, I interview everybody. Uh, you hear about us? You don't know. Do you want to come to my treehouse? So thank you guys again for coming on. <laughs> yeah. um, so Facebook, Lego Maniacs, you've got your Discord link there on your Facebook page. So if anyone that wants to come, play at a high level, learn the game, you know, have a great group of people to play with, uh, a very welcoming group Absolutely. of people, then that's the place to do it. So um again thank you very much for coming on to the show and for everyone over in twitch in twitch thanks for hanging out with us thanks for you know sticking with us for this um for this hour and 10 minute interview that we had um if you want please follow us over on twitch it would help us out a lot um and until next time we'll sign off and i hope everyone stays safe and you know what it's you know find someone that needs help and and help someone out and you know do a good deed for the day. So until next time, we'll see you all later. later. Peace. Peace. All right. So I'm still, I'm going to stop recording audio. We are still live on Twitch. So if anyone's on Twitch, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and shoot them to us. And we'll. So welcome back, everybody, from that interview. <laughs> We're glad that you got to sit back and you got to chat with them. Um, if you yeah, want... Geez.
Well, I, I just thought you knew what we were doing, but next time I'll have to explain a little bit more. So thank you everyone for watching episode 125 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. We appreciate you being here with us. We appreciate um, the Lego Maniac spending time with us. We hope that everyone is staying safe. We hope that if you are protesting, you are staying safe. We hope that everyone, um, we hope that this provides a little bit of joy at this time where things um, can seem really, really bad. Um, so thank you for spending your time with us and choosing to spend your time here with a bunch of idiots that don't really know that much about video games. So, I mean, it, it's stupid, but hey, we love doing this. Um, you can find us over at FreelancerCodex.com. That is where all of our stuff can be found on our website. If you want to support us, please do that at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. It helps a lot. Or you can support us by following us here on Twitch. That'll help us a lot now, now that we're affiliated and we can get some benefit from that. But thank you everyone um, for spending your time with us. Um, I'm Steve and for Mike and Devin, this has been the Freelancer Codex. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at jdthejokedealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.